Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 169, where I had a conversation with John Toogood. That's John Toogood from She Hard, John Toogood from The Adults, and it's John Toogood from his solo shows. Um, now, I, I, I know John. We've met a couple of times, and, and I've interviewed him over the phone a couple of times, um, but this is my first time sitting down and having a, a huge recorded conversation with him. Um, we met earlier in the year in Auckland uh, and had breakfast and ran out of time to record a podcast, but we had a nice chat and got to know each other a bit better. Uh, this conversation was recorded last month in Melbourne. I was over there for some work and I um, wanted to catch up with John and do the podcast finally and he agreed to it and we had a massive co- conversation. I'd, I'd almost recommend you maybe listen to this in two parts. It's a it's a long it's a long chat and we go through a lot of things I didn't want to talk about she had too much because um, I, in a way I feel like we know the story the documentary is out um, but in saying that we we do talk about she had but we do talk about how Tom and John first met and got hooked on um, heavy metal music together and some of these stories you will have heard John tell before, but, but some of them you might not. We actually talk about, he gives a bit of a preview of the new record that they're working on at the moment. And uh, But I was more interested in things like uh, what, his, uh, what his wife thought of seeing the documentary and what her favourite She Hard album is and some of those sorts of things that have come up for John in the last few years. We start this conversation by talking quite a bit about the most recent Adults album and the tour and the whole concept behind that record which of course feeds into a huge conversation around John's personal life um, converting to Islam and uh, and then of course we talk a lot about music but we uh, we talked about the uh, horrific terrorism event that happened in Christchurch, the shooting in the in the mosque, because uh, obviously this is on the mind and has been on the mind of, of New Zealanders everywhere. Um, and I was interested in John's perspective, obviously, with his conversion to Islam, with his understanding of of uh, Muslim culture and uh, and his knowledge of of the religion and uh, and then his thoughts I guess as a Kiwi who was removed from the situation, someone looking in, um, hearing that news secondhand and and being horrified but feeling um, distanced um, by 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 his geography. So. There's a lot in this conversation. There is a lot of music. There's a lot of personal stuff. Um, John's a, a great guy and a great talker. He's so good at, I guess he's been interviewed for 30 years um, on and off. And uh, it was a great pleasure to finally get this conversation on tape because I've had uh, two or three conversations with him around the idea of doing a podcast. Obviously, I'm always reaching out to him when he's in Wellington or Auckland touring and uh you know, either doing a solo show or with one of the bands and, and time is tight. So um, I ended up getting him at the right time. I ended up getting him just before he was about to take off and do some shows again. And um, and we had this big old chat. So uh, I hope you enjoy this. My thanks as always to Tea Leaf Tea La Pity Chocolat and Yeasty Boys. This is me talking with John Toogood. Yeah, because we don't know each other that well, but then we actually we had a good hang a couple of months ago yeah. and had that breakfast in Auckland. Yeah, and yeah. And we talked a lot about David Bowie and and uh, some other things, and that was cool. But I, I walked away from that thinking, man, you've done the thing. You're actually doing the thing that they used to say you're not supposed to do, but actually you should do in rock and roll, and that's kind of grow old gracefully. Do you yeah. think you're doing that? Um, all I'm trying to do is is basically, uh, I, I think. As we've got older, I've learned to respect the art a little bit more. Basically, 
when I was younger, I had that young man sort of entitlement thing of like, I'm in a good band, get out of my way. Yeah, I've got shit to prove. Yeah, I've got shit to prove. I deserve to be here. I'm not listening to anyone else's opinion. Mm. I I already know how the world works. (laughs) Whereas nowadays I'm like, oh, not everyone gets to do what they love for a job. It's like, oh. So it's actually, I've taken it way back to a real simple sort of Mm. approach. Even when I do that solo thing, it's still there's layers of complexity about what I'm doing when I'm performing. I'm really thinking about, you know, what do the words mean? What are the story I'm telling, setting things up, making sure I'm in, you know, really taking in every human being in that thing and making sure that they feel that even though I'm the one on stage with a guitar, that their, their story is just as important as mine, which is actually a really interesting thing for me as well because that's not how I used to do it at all. It was just the, the big blur. I was pretending to be Freddie Mercury mm. or, or you know, Paul Stanley from Kiss and you better bow down, crowd, mm. you know, because I'm giving you everything. And it was like, nowadays it's not like that at all. It's more like, well, what's your story? You know, like mm. I'm far more interested in the other side of... Yeah, what can what can you harness from people? Yeah, what totally. Can they, what can they bring out of you? Yeah. Which came across massively in the new, the most recent adults thing. Yeah, right. You know, I think particularly actually yeah. in that live show, it yeah. was like, oh, there's John and he's playing bass in his yeah, own yeah, band yeah. and he's good at it and he's <laughs> digging it. You were, <laughs> totally you were loving totally it. Loving loving it. it. Absolutely. But you could see on stage that it was like, man, you, you're getting lots of shit from these really good players who are, who are obviously vibing off the fact that they're on stage with you and with each other you know it felt like a real collective it was it was like being in a new band it was like yeah. oh that's if I, I, all I want to do when I, if I make music is like do I want to if I walked into a bar randomly would I like that, that would I think wow that's a good band you know like mm. so that sort of applies to She Hard or even now and always did and then when the adults with the adults it's like would I like that band if mm. I walked in just randomly into some venue and saw them on stage you know and that's sort of what I felt about that band it was like oh that's almost like a, a it's got a bit of B-52s going on because it's got two yeah. female singers yeah, yeah. and then yet it's it's this sort of you know I, didn't, I know almost um, all these rhythms that are you know almost hip hop or African you know northern African specifically but yet you've got that white boy sort of dubby bass thing that I really love about that sort of British post-punk era you know like mm. you know punk rockers go ah oh, to all these see all these amazing reggae bands and go oh, I want to try that and then totally screw it up and make something new again so The Clash and Pearl and all that stuff yeah. you know so I'm sort of applying that to the sort of almost world music sort of vibe and it's like oh it's almost like a punk rock band you know like even though it's dancing music mm, it's mm. like it's like a for me, it was like a punk rock band after I heard everybody playing together. And then, yeah, it was fucking cool, man. Like, I was so proud of that band. It was so weird. It's like, I just, I, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into with that. But you must have been proud of that first lineup of the adults too. I mean, it's so you, proud. You, Julia, yeah. and Shaq. Yeah, so proud. Like, it was like, whoa. Uh, yeah, I mean, we used to play with a drum machine. Yeah. You know, like literally yeah. just like a band. We didn't even have a drummer. Yeah, yeah. And it was like... Yeah, I'm on stage with Shane Carter. I mean, that was bizarre. I mean, Julia totally stepped up to the play. I already knew Julia yeah. Wilson, that's why I asked yeah. her. But I asked her because she was the most versatile musician I knew. Because she's got a she's got a female voice, an amazing female voice. She's a great bass player, great guitar player, can play keyboards, can play percussion. It's like 
she's yeah. in the band, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and, and she, you know, played on the record, but, and she could cover all these different styles of music. Yeah. Whereas um, Shane, it was just like, if I get, it's like having Jimi Hendrix playing your band. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. that guy's definitely, you know, he's, He's felt what it feels like to play a magic show where you're channeling something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Other than just being a fucking, you know, a weekend he, warrior. He's he puts like, his guitar over his thing and it's like he sticks one of his fingers and, you know, plugs himself into the guitar and or you, something. You, you see it and you, you feel it. it. Yeah, and when yeah. you're in a band with that, it's like you vibe off that too. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's so funny when, when they sent me the... Um, you know, the manuscript of his new, um, of his memoir, which is fantastic, by the way, I'll do a plug. But um, I, I left the, 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 the chapter about the adults to last, because I knew he'd have something I've smart. Enjoyed, I've enjoyed this book and I don't want to ruin just Yeah, no, 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 yeah, I don't want to, because he, he pays out everybody, yeah, yeah, including yeah. himself, which is the great thing about Shane. Yeah. And that's, and, uh, you know, like, like, um, you know, I, I really like, the, I love playing with someone I respect because it it pulls my ego into a line as well because it's like yeah it's like the, the well she had being and she had does that anyway because we're the same guys that we met at high school so yeah. anytime anyone's ego got too big kaboof three other guys would go there to go pull your head in you know and and that's why we're probably that got that work ethic where it's not really about being a rock star it's about you're only as good as your last show and that's and we've got a standard to keep up here. And we also know what it feels like to play one of those magic shows. And we never want to uh, back down from that. You mm. know, we don't want to a let, well, really it's about letting ourselves down. Yes. It's great when a crowd goes off. I mean, mm. that's, that's, that's the great byproduct of it, but we want to feel like that great band, you know? And, uh, so that keeps, that just keeps us all humble, you know, like, and keeps us all like, mm. Or just having the same guys around. It's like we know. I've seen you dressed so terribly, so don't pretend <laughs> you're awesome now. You know, like. <laughs> Is it like? But Shane's know, classic for that. Shane's yeah. like, <laughs> he's like even more cutting because he's like one of the coolest guys that ever came out of New Zealand music scene, mm-hmm. and he's playing in a band with me, and it's like. So, and he's been called multiple times across multiple absolutely. iterations. And, yeah. and and he's also, yeah, he's obviously one of those guys. And, and you see it when you, you know it when you see it. It's like he's channeling something bigger than himself mm. when he's on a good night. Um, he, or at least he's always, even if he doesn't get there, he's trying to tap into it. And that's that magic thing that you can't, you can't go to school and learn, you know, like you just have to. Happens, have it happens or, a bit with left-handed guitarists too do you, I reckon yeah they look like they're going to fall over <laughs> in a really cool way you know it was no, yeah so that's another thing I've, <laughs> I've, I've got all these left-handed instruments because because I had to buy him a left-handed bass so that he could play in the band <laughs> and stuff like that it's like oh right that's right you can't just use a right so do you just play them upside down like did you I, just, I, 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 I did all the adults record on his left handed squire yeah. that he'd left at my house because <laughs> and what was great about that was like I, I didn't know my way around it so yeah, I was just yeah. using my ears playing along with this you know Aganiel Bonat music which is they're, they're singing in different scales and normal rock scales yeah. yet they're singing really nursery rhyming sort of stuff really catchy and I was going oh Okay, well, I, I didn't know the names of the notes I was playing. It was just like, that sounds good. Oh, it sounds crap here. I'll have to move up a fret. You know, like, mm. it was just using my ears, you know, and I was like, oh. 
and I love playing bass. I love it. Yeah, know? yeah. It's been interesting then having to relearn it on a normal orientated bass. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Go, oh, that's what I'm playing. I'm just playing that. You know, like, <laughs> but yeah, no. So yeah, that was a, that was a, that was an un, unintended good consequence of having Shane Carter play bass in the adults. Yeah, yeah. Is that I had a upside down bass to to compose a bunch of do music you think, on. Do you think that version of the adults could happen again? Uh, I know. I think it's definitely indicative of time and place, yeah. you know. And it's um, and that was definitely something I wanted to do then. And they were the perfect people to do it with. And Tiki was the right guy for that time to produce that yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. And um, and but it was. I mean, that whole idea of the adults was like throw yourself in the deep end, work with people you like but you don't know. Will it work? This could be disastrous. Yeah. It's that. It's that real. You know, it's that thing we were talking about, you know, what Bowie said, yeah. you know, on creativity. It's like you you basically, when you go to start a record, you push yourself out into the ocean and that little bit where your feet stop touching the ground and you can't feel the ground anymore, that's where you start writing the record. And that's the only way forward, you know? And 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 that's sort of what the adults signifies to me. You know? It's a good it's like, way to cut for you to kind of hide in plain sight as well. You know, it's absolutely. like the solo project of John Tugod where it's, it's about, not, it's not really about, it's, it's about anyone else that you pull in yeah. and how you end up interacting with them. Absolutely. What they bring out of you, what you bring out of them. But at the end of the day, people know that it's your name attached, but yeah. so it's best of both worlds. I'm the guy <laughs> making phone calls and, yeah, you're think, doing and thinking up an idea of going, well, what would it sound like yeah. if, you, if you put Lady Six over the top of a track that me and Gary and yeah. Gary Sullivan and, and Shane Carter have jammed out, which we thought, we called, originally we called Nothing to Lose Susie because it sounded like Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. And it's like, but you play it to someone totally out of context and they go, oh, I hear a rhythm and blues or pop song in this. And they sing over the top of it and you go, I would never have sung that, and and thank God I didn't yeah, sing yeah. on it because I would have ruined it. I would have done something generic, yeah. And someone else came and did something beautiful with it, you know. Yeah. And it's like that was that the only way to get to those things is actually to take that leap of faith and go, what would happen if I did this, you know? And not be afraid for it to be a disaster, you know. And uh, and I think the second adults record was just an extension of that idea fuck you know like this is not a recorded form of music that is the genesis of the music this is music only to be played at weddings to for for Sudanese brides to dance to for their you know their groom and the and the female members of their family and uh, but to me it sounds like I'm sure it sounds like an MIA track I haven't heard mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. it's pumping it's like it's like organic dance music yeah. and with this sort of unison nasal singing, which is in it, it's obviously in, it's in Arabic, but specifically Sudanese Arabic, which sounds totally different from Iraq Arabic, sounds totally different from um, Saudi Arabia Arabic. Mm. It's very of its place. And it's almost like particular to Khartoum, the city, rather than the outskirts of, you know, Sudan. So again, it's like specific to a city. And I'm just going, that sounds, I don't know, it sounds like, it gave me the same feeling of hearing the clash or something, you know, it was punk, mm. you know, these, these are hard, hard, hard women who've lived, I think harder lives than, than say the fam, you know, the, the female members of the family I married into, I married into sort of, I don't know, university educated middle mm. upper class, um, a lot of, uh, diplomats and, um, and these women, like just play music full time, you know, twenty four seven. They teach 
upper class girls how to dance at their wedding and, be- and behave at their weddings at their home and then they go and perform at the, a wedding and then they're off to another one and then they're off to another one and they're hustlers and they work hard and they're telling these these so- they're singing these songs that are basically they came out of they came out of like the urban slums that were created after the British came and colonised Sudan yet another coloniser they've had a long succession mm. of them but the British came around the 1900s and said slavery is now illegal they basically did the Daenerys, the Daenerys, you know, the Dragon Queen move, and so you can't be a slave anymore. So all these people that were used to being slaves went, I don't have a job, and what am I going to do? Mm. So they all ran to the where all the people were, which is the big cities, Khartoum being one of them, and set up big sort of slums, and either, you know, there was uh, bars selling alcohol, which is illegal over there because it's, well, it's not part mm. of the culture. Well, it is part of the culture, but underneath the radar, then there's prostitution and there's music. And music, that was the form of music they played. And it was basically very beaty and very nursery rhymey and very sort of like, I don't know, tongue-in-cheek. And uh, it's like a, a, a poor person's way of going, we know what you're doing, mm. you know, we, 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 we get it. You know, like, you know, like we're... It was rebellious, you know, in a weird way. But it was also a celebration of, hey, we're still here, you know, like, and we're still living. You're sort of, you're sort of explaining very nicely to me how um, immersed you became in understanding that music and culture and also, you know, how, yeah. how you fell for it. it I totally you fell absorbed for it. it, it got, because cause when the Adults album came out, the new one, you know, which is old now, but like yeah, not yeah, that yeah, old. Yeah, totally. It's still the most it's recent thing. Yeah. yeah, it's about a year old. I mean, I think like there were rumblings of like, well, this is interesting. It's obviously completely different. The cover's different. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we know he's gone off and got married and, <laughs> and got married here and done this. And mm. But there were sort of rumblings of like, well, well what's this going to be like? What's mm, this going to mm, be mm, about? Mm. And and I, I have to admit, I felt that way when I saw the sort of promotional material for it. I was yeah, like, right. Well, this will be. This is a stretch. Good luck. This will be interesting. Yeah, and then yeah, I yeah, heard yeah, it, and yeah. I was like, you know what? This is really fucking good. It works. Honestly, it, like what I want to know. It would sound, to me, it's sounding like it. But what was your sort of belief around creating that music and putting it out into the world? I mean, it was just. It was basically a musical. It was a musical version of my life. You know, mm. it was like I'm. I fell in love with a a woman that happened to be Sudanese, and I've now got two children that. Half Sudanese, half. I was going to say, and to me, it, it feels like a, a musical homage to the love story it, that you were having. It was, and, it, and it was. You know, it was mm. like the culture, this, that where she comes from. Mm. Going, wow, immersing myself in that, and going, this, what an amazing country. It's like it's been sort of, it's been through so much hardship, yet people have still got this real positive thing. I know it's, you know, like I mean, it's even changed in the five, well, six years I've been going there. You know, it's. It's got a huge history. It, it's a Nubian Empire. That's where the Nubian Empire was before the Egyptian Empire. They had the, they've got the oldest pyramids in the world. They took that idea to Egypt. They, uh, they had the first. They were the first, one of the first big, you know, civilizations that had queens instead of kings. Mm. There's this weird thing going on. There. It's amazing. And then, and then they were the first uh, African nation outside of Egypt to uh, convert to Islam. So I think the word Sud- and Sudanese actually, I think a translation is black Arab or black Muslim, mm. you know, and um, 
So they've got that that unifies them because there's all these different tribes there, different, you know, and so now they've got a unified, you know, language and culture. And then on top of that, they've had the Turkish takeover. They've had the Egyptians mm. takeover. They've had, so they've had all this subjugation. They've had all this colonization. They've been beat, but they've, they've sort of fought back and then they've been beat and they've fought back only to then be taken over by one of their own in the in Bashir who's who was the you know the general of the army mm. who took over once the British left in the 80s or before that and went I'm taking control mm. and he's ruled it with an iron fist and it's basically a military theocracy Islamic theocracy so it's like it's fundamentalist but it's like only because it suits him mm. he's worth 9.2 million billion dollars Yet all the roads are, are fucked, wow. and people are burning rubbish on the streets, and he has sucked that place dry. And he's an opportunist, and um, and it's, there's a populist up, uprising now. I mean, fuck. When I first went over there and saw, you know, guys with AK-47s walking around, you know, like it's like, do you do I want to argue with that guy? Well, not coming from New Zealand, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> but they've had it for thirty years, and they're going. I don't care if I get fucking killed. It's not worth living like this, you know? So it's pretty crazy fucking time to be there, but it's also, again, Aghani of the Nut, for me, that's that's a form of female music that that I'd say is agreed by everyone in the society as, as one of the sounds of Sudan, you know? It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like people who, you know, like upper class people who are living in New York going to university there will have recordings of Aghani Abanat and it, that sort of reminds them of home and it's like it's almost like the blues in America you know mm. you know came out of ex-slaves particularly black Americans and then was co-opted by all forms of Americans like rich white Americans you know poor white Americans black people blah blah it's like everybody went that's the sound of America even though it's actually mm indicative of only one portion of the society, you know, or it came, the genesis of it came from yeah. that population. Were you, I mean, I sort of think I know the answer to this already, but were you worried at all that you were going to get, and did you get any, I didn't see much, did you get any backlash of, of ideas of cultural appropriation or anything? Uh, that was, you know, because... Was that a concern? I feel, a, I feel like... a massive concern. You've obviously got in your back pocket, um, I've converted, I've married... A Sudanese woman, and also, no, the, and also, this that, is my story, and also the band that played, yeah, on the, the album ba- yeah, is, yeah, is the band that played at my wedding, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the same so that's what I say. So, you've got so this whole story. I have a personal connection with, yeah. the, with the musicians on this thing. Uh, I think they were as surprised as anybody that I even want to record with them because then it's like I say, it's not traditionally a recorded form of music. I yeah. think they were a little bit like, yeah, sure, sure, you like it, you know, like, yeah, I did, yeah, and I think that's what sold them on working with me was because they could see that I was genuinely buzzing up yeah. on their sound so when I flew back a year later I was like I want to do it and they were like okay and and you know the recording process was really interesting because for the first time at the at, at first we recorded out in the garden at the family home just to go through what songs would be good I recorded that all on an iPhone and then when we finally got into into a proper professional recording studio which I booked they were uncomfortable, and I, because I didn't know at this point that it wasn't traditionally a form of recorded mm. music, and also the people of at the recording studio who were Sudanese were going, "Why do you want to record that trash? There's all this upper class music that you should be listening to or recording if you're from overseas, you know." And I was like, 
but that's the music I like, you know, it's like, what's, how is that trash? It's like, well, it's just throw away poor people's music. Mm -hmm. So, so I was getting myself into this sort of weird class thing, you know, Mm. like, and it was really weird. I couldn't understand it at first. Then I ended up, the reason I, I can speak about it because I ended up like doing a master's of fine arts yeah, yeah, yeah. at Massey University. So I had to know where it came from. I had to be very aware of making sure that I didn't make any cultural faux pas and also making sure that everyone was properly remunerated, like, you know, no matter yeah, what, yeah, yeah. you know, and like, no, like fully be on, you know, um, upfront about what I intended to do with this music. Like, and that included some really scary moments for me as yeah. a person where I had to like, play how I'd augmented or, or rearranged some of these traditional sort of songs and then put fucking bass guitar, electric bass on yeah. top of it on, onto a form of music that doesn't have any musical accompaniment, so only rhythm and vocals and then guitar and then keyboards and then shit man I was sitting in a room with a woman called Gisma who's the leader of that band going and she's on the phone because she's a hustler, one of the most famous wedding singers in the whole country and she listened through to two and she was like nodding her head. I was thinking, fuck, if she doesn't like this, I'm fucked, you know? Because <laughs> I put everything into this, you know? Like I didn't. And also, when I. That's the other thing about this record. When I first started doing it, I only did it out of musical curiosity. It wasn't for release, it wasn't yeah, yeah, actually yeah. for that. Yeah. It was for me to go, while I was standing on stage in a fucking hall in cartoon, listening to this music, going, wow. What I can hear basically a punk rock bass line over the top yeah, of that. Yeah, and I yeah. want to hear it. Yeah. So do you mind if I record it? Blah 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 blah. And then once I started doing all this shit before the you birth of Yakia, you could see I was that like could... going, Wow, reverse engineering writing, like writing yeah. around music that's not from where I come from, but also like having to arrange different things and then not actually having to worry about like narrative so much, mm. you know, and just go, just do it purely for the the joy of making music. I ended up making some, what I consider to be really fucking strong music. Then my son was born and then I didn't touch it for like a year and a half or two years because I was fucking a new parent and like most new parents, I didn't know what the fuck just happened. It was like being run over by a freight train. And uh, and then I picked it up again when Dana's mum came out because Dana said play it for her and I was like I played it for her and she just started dancing like the traditional dance yeah. and I was like oh you like that? and she was like this is amazing you know the song comes from blah 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 and gave me a background of what I was doing mm. you know like and it was like this song's Hajja this means this is, this is like a classic everyone in Sudan knows this song and I'm like oh I, I just like it because it sounds fucking cool you know mm. I thought, and she's like this is a standard you know this is everyone dances to this at their wedding and then so I'm like going, oh, how, wow, it must be hundreds of years old. And she goes, I think so. And then I found out from one of her friends later on that it was actually a Nigerian jazz, electric jazz band from the 50s had moved to Sudan because that was where the work was. Mm. And that was what that was the song that they jammed out. Mm. And, and, and the Aghani Albanat players went, oh, that'll work as a song. And they, it was a cover. Yeah, of of, a, yeah. of like a like a Santana band mm, or something like mm. that. They made a female song and it was written by men. So I only found that out because I was doing a masters, you know, like. Mm, right. And then I could teach my <laughs> mother-in-law actually where this comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, some of the story of this. So they were learning about their culture <laughs> yeah. as well as I was learning about their culture. So yeah. it was a really interesting exchange, you know, like it, 
because I had to go on pretty deep. You yeah, know, like, yeah. I had to go, well, why were these slums? Oh, okay, right, because the British came over there and, oh, well, I had to go into the history and, 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 because the other thing I was noticing when I was just standing in the room with them, it was like, how come they dress slightly differently than, than the woman of my wife's family? How come they, you know, they, they, some of them smoke fat cigarettes. How come they talk slightly rougher around the edges? Mm. And they seem a bit more streetwise, okay. And then, then I found out, you know, it's because they come from a different background, from mm. a class, a class system, and also, you know, there's all these fucking weird, you know, cultural sort of contradictions in that, in the fact that we were, we were honoured to have Gisman play at our wedding, yet you wouldn't, it would bring dishonour to the family if one of the daughters of the family then decided instead of going to university, they were going to play Agani Albanat for the rest mm. of their life. It's like, no way. You're from the upper class. If you play that music, people will think, people in the society will think that you're from the lower class. So you're not allowed to play that music. Yeah, you can dance with it at your wedding, mm. but you're not allowed to play it because I brought you up to be a good, you know, upper middle class girl, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, the world's changing again, but like, you know, and the world's becoming more global and I think you might find that that might not, you might be able to jump over those mm. hurt, but hurdles, but that's what I was noticing from the outside. I was like, well, what's what's going on? You know, it's like, why why are they revered yet sort of looked down upon? Well, it's, it's all about class and what playing that music denotes. You know, that's a profession that's played by this sort of people, you know? A musician is basically, means you're lower class, you mm, know? Like, mm. And so to me, it was like, fucking let's show them, you know? Because <laughs> mm, mm. I was always like, I was brought up by two working class Londoners and I never felt like I had, I couldn't be whatever the fuck I wanted to be, you know? Like, mm, and mm. I was always, I'm sort of always been, I was like the other dog, you know? Like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, hey, let's go all the way back to you being brought up by two working class Londoners for a bit. Because, I mean, I've interviewed you before and we've, and we've talked off record before, but when and how do you connect with music? Like, when does it happen for you? Uh, you, you? You grow up in Wellington. Yeah, I grew up in Wellington. I mean, I, I you know, like anybody, I had uh, my parents' record collection. They had an old turntable. It's like an all-in-one sort of with the speaker built yeah. in at the front with the lid. And I would literally just sit there for hours yeah. putting on their seven inches. I didn't give a fuck what it was. It yeah. could have been Tommy the Toreador um, or Little White Bull or... or um, or Peter Sellers, any old iron, mm. it, and or then the Beatles, Hard Days Night, you know, or Ella Fitzgerald. I was never so much into the jazz that my dad liked. He liked Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald, and I had to get a bit older before I appreciated that, you know. But as a kid, it was it was all those story sort of ones, the mm. goons and stuff mm. like that, and then also the Beatles. Beatles, I totally got straight away. And it's just that whole thing of dropping the needle and picking it up, oh, seeing seriously. that happen, yeah, watching I mean, it spin it, around. Where the fuck is the music well, coming how, from? How does, yeah. that, how does that music get from that bit of yep. black plastic through yep. that needle down there and then come out that speaker? Yeah. To me, it was alchemy. It still is alchemy. Yeah, okay. um, and, um, and I wanted to, I just, at, I, even at two or three, I wanted to know how that was done, that magic trick, you know, mm. and um, and it was it was a fucking magical world, and it still is a world to escape to, you know, and um, and uh, I just went on that journey, like I mean, 
I've had you know di- you know different things mm. as well. Like for a little while there, my dad wanted me to play for the New Zealand cricket team, and you know, like I was because I was I, I loved you sport were pretty as good. Well. Yeah, I was okay. You know, yeah. like I was okay. I didn't. I don't think I had. I really enjoyed it until they made me the captain of the Wellington team, and then I didn't enjoy it because it was like too much responsibility. And mm. I was like, I mean, it sort of made sense that they made me captain because you know I was pretty gregarious as Shane Carter calls me in the uh, in his book <laughs> easy to get along with but um, but <laughs> but I didn't like I, I, I didn't like the responsibility of having to think about the game I just wanted to get in there smack the fuck out of the ball and make lots of runs you yeah. know? and um, or when I was bowling try and get someone out you know and uh, then as soon as I was ta- thinking tactically about it I stopped enjoying it so I gave it away and that was when I met Tom at school around 15 and he went, I heard you played guitar, and I went, well, classical guitar. I've never seen an electric guitar. I've never played an electric guitar. Mm. That's easy. Just go, it's fucking sweet. You know? And then he, gave, he was the one that gave me ACDC, Highway to Hell, Back in Black, um, all the records my sister had barred me from, because she was basically, she was five, four years older than me, and she was into Stiff Little Fingers, and U2 War, and she considered herself a bit of a punker. Mm, you know? mm. Great because those record, having those records around was fantastic mm. growing up. But metal was where she drew the line, and that was because she drew a line there, and because of my nature, I went. I need to I find need to out jump what, that, that line. what that line <laughs> yeah, is. You yeah, know, yeah. like what? Why does she hate it so much? Yeah. And 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 then I met the right guy who was Tom, who basically went, "Fuck metal rules," you know, yeah, like yeah. and um, and then gave me. ACDC Hollywood Hell which I remember thinking at the time this is so scarily heavy which nowadays is just like a great blues record totally yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember feeling the same way about ACDC whoa this is scary Um, you know like yeah Highway to (laughs) not Highway to Hell um, could have been Back in Black or trying to think no what's Highway to Hell I think was my well actually yeah the the song well, that, was, that was the first song yeah, of theirs yeah. I heard yeah, yeah. yeah and I think the first album was Dirty Deeds yeah 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 but so I was really into Dirty Deeds and for ages and then I'm like yeah it's just kind of a blues record well when you go back yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's just totally. great, great well constructed sort of pop blues yeah. really yeah um, yeah with the guitars turned up you know and um and the best guitar tones not mm. that um but uh, and a really solid drummer yeah mm. really mm. fucking solid drummer um, and good, good songwriter in Malcolm Young, and obviously they had their brother, you know, their older brother yeah. to help them out, you know, originally. But um, yeah, so so those are the records that made me go, oh, okay, cool. And then the big one was he gave me a tape with on one side was Man of War, um, which I thought was absolutely ludicrous, but I liked it because it started with a song called All Men Play on Ten, and they were dressed like um, Conan the Barbarian. And, uh, and then on the other side was Metallica's Ride the Lightning. Yeah. Now that gave me that, I was frightened of that record. It starts with Fight by the Fire. Oh, yeah. as, uh, That's as, the best record by Metallica oh, for I fucking love that record. Yeah, That's I love the it. best one. I know, I know, you're, like, I know you're supposed to say Master of Puppets. Well, Master of is probably my favourite record. But, I love yeah, Master of Puppets, yeah, yeah. but I, I really love Ride the Lightning. Ride yeah. the Lightning's blurrier, you know, it's, and it's a bit more scary because it's blurrier, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. a little bit undefined. It's like, Where's the beat coming in on you know on on fight fire fight with fire? It's like it's a bit rough around the edges. I re- it's almost more punk, you know. Like yeah, I think it's their best ov- like overall collection of songwriting mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Like it sort of shows that these guys aren't just fucking lunkheads that riff. No, there's, not at all. There's 
textures and dynamics going on in this. Yeah, and, and, and also, you know, it's and got and, 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 and it's got fade to black on it, yeah, which, yeah, which all, yeah. all us young Mecklers used to joke and go, oh, that played at my fucking funeral, mate. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, fucking 15 years later at Marty Eamon's funeral when they played oh, fight, yeah. fade to black, and I yeah. was like, we well, all laughed and had tears rolling yeah. down our fucking faces because yeah. it was like, he took that and ran with it, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was like, he died and then he played that fucking song at his funeral and it was like, because that was sort of a limb joke for a while. Like, oh, fucking, so beautiful, mate. Play at your fucking funeral, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, they did have that, you know, it was almost like classical music, mm, you know? Mm. Meets punk rock, you know? Yeah. And um, I fucking loved it. And I just remember when I heard that, my whole world changed. I mean, I am now in a gang that's exclusive and, you know, I've been through all of it. Like, my first records were Humanly Dear, which I totally fucking love. Mm. Bob Marley Legend, which everyone has because yeah. it's fucking genius. Yeah, yeah, because why it's, wouldn't you have it? <laughs> well, it's basically one of those records that's, it's like, it's like Queen's Greatest Hits 1. It's mm. like, it's a better record than they ever yeah. released, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's actually. Sometimes the greatest hits. It's actually is like a classic want. album. Yeah, yeah, and, that's and right. Legend's one of those records. Yeah, you yeah, know? and the Cars Greatest Hits. The Cars Greatest Hits, totally yeah. like that. Yeah, and, um, and, uh, even though nowadays I can, I can, easily listen to a whole Bob Marley album and just fall, oh, fall into it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, but uh, I, that was what I started off on. And then Kiss Alive 1, I remember falling in love with Kiss when I was about maybe 9 or 10 because I was also into comics and they, for me, were like comic book heroes playing rock and roll. So mm. they, they combined two of my loves into one unit. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the music, I mean, yeah, I, listen, I, I find it hard to listen to nowadays. Yeah, I like... It's, about two or three kids. Yeah, songs. I think Detroit Rock City still yeah, stands, stands yeah. up. That's a pretty solid song. Um, maybe Strutter. Yeah, and maybe some of the earlier stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because uh, like the live stuff, the yeah. live versions on Kiss Alive One are pretty fucking good. Yeah. And uh, but they're a bit ridiculous. Yeah. And in fact, when you go back, you go, oh, Gene Simmons was obviously a Beatles fan. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't actually that great a writer, but it no. didn't matter because they had all this other shit around it they were mm. good at. You know, like the performance was fantastic and blah blah blah. But I was a massive fan of Kiss, and then and then that's that's also around the time when I was learning classical guitar and going, oh, well, that's not what I signed up for, but that was the only teacher we could find, and uh, I didn't do much pop music. It was just like scales and classical shit, but it gave me a background in the in the instrument, which is good. And then I went fuck those shits too much, and then I that's when I got into sport around. 12, 13, then I did that till I was about 15, that's when I met Tom, and that's when I was starting to get sick of sport, because I was a captain, I fucking hated it, and uh, that's when he went, you play guitar, I'll teach you how to play electric guitar, and here's some records, and if they can do it, so can we, you know, and it was things like Master of Others, we went, okay, they look, they don't look like they're untouchable, they look like the sword. I mean, we're way dweebier than yeah, yeah. But they still look like human beings. They don't look like well, Prince, who I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. look like you know. They don't look like rock stars. Yeah, yeah. You know? They don't look untouchable. They're just dudes. Just They're just people. humans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we, that that made it that humanized the whole experience for us and made us think, well, if they can do it, we can fucking do it. Like about a million zillion bands around the world. And how did that belief translate? So like you believed you're like we can do this. So how yeah. So how did it, how did it translate? Like, did you actually make good on that straight away and go fuck? We're pretty pleased with what we're doing. This uh, or was it like shit? We're actually not much chop. Oh no no no. We we this is way um, harder. We we were very. Um, once I got given you know 
sort of like a, a, a couple of lessons on electric guitar and realized, okay, it is a different instrument, but, but I do know my, my way around the fretboard. You know, so my left hand was okay. It was more the right hand of using a pick because I, mm. I was playing classical guitar, so I was using my fingers when I was a kid. So using a pick, it was like, oh, I'm like one step, step removed from the instrument. That, that mm. was a bit weird at first. But then, again, all the music I liked, like, say, you know, Metallica like, or Slayer, or it was very rhythm. It's very rhythm-based, you mm. know. It's like, mm. what can we do with, you know, your, ging- your, your jigging, your, your mm. chugging, you know. Mm. Like, so that was you needed a pick to work on do all that shit you know and um, so we did like any band we started out playing the songs we loved and or, or the, the achievable songs we loved we couldn't really play stuff off Master Prophets at first because it was like yeah, that shit was fucking technical you know yeah. and it was just a bit beyond us but things like off the early records like Hit the Lights which is again an extension of blues pretty much mm. it's, just, it's just blues rock you know um, play mm. fast um, uh, and you know we so we just covered songs that were achievable and uh, and then just do them again and again and again we didn't have a social life we were classic Revenge of the Nerds we weren't getting invited to anything you know I, I mean I could flip through a few different social scenes at school because I played in the first 11 cricket team mm, mm. and um, but ultimately once we discovered metal all we did was as soon as it was lunchtime, we were listening to Exodus or Slayer or Metallica and Tom's mum's car mm. and smoking cigarettes at the Polytech and going, fuck, you know, have you heard the riffs on this? And it was all about that. It was mm. all about metal, you know? And uh, so we just emulated. And the thing is, we were determined. I, Tom's a very good drummer, like from a way back, just naturally gifted and also put in the work because he was, again, yeah, a bit of a dweeb and and that's where he found his passion and luckily found his mm. passion for something and he was good at it so he made us sound good straight away and then we had to learn how to be tight around him he was already pretty tight you know so it was good and I didn't know that that he was a good drummer until maybe 20 years into our 15 years into our career when and I jammed with Craig Terrace yeah. when, when we were writing um, you know when I was writing music which went on to be you know I, I think I, I think I wrote Life and Cars off the General Electric while jamming it ha- you know you know the you know the uh, the, the the practice room that was in oh, Newtown yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Robrey yeah, and yeah. Peter you know Jamison used to write yeah. it um, and I was like oh fuck I need a drummer Craig you can play drums you know and then, and then I'd be like going Craig why are you slowing down <laughs> it's like or, or why are you speeding up yeah. it's like oh right Tom's a human Tom. metronome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that. I just thought he was that was what all drummers were, you know, like. Well, you hit on a thing there. Really good drummers mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. bands amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And obviously it's great to have all sorts of good things, but the difference often between a pretty good band and a fucking phenomenal band, band, especially live. Yeah. Is a really good drummer. Absolutely, absolutely. Now you you know that because you played with one. <laughs> yeah, and I luckily, yeah. yeah, luckily started off on the right foot, you know, and, and was spoiled in a lot of ways. But as you say, you took a while to really actually spot that. I had no idea. Yeah. I just thought I just thought we were tight because we, <laughs> we worked were really yeah. hard. I mean, we did work hard, man. It was like we once we discovered we could play one song. It was like, well, we can play anything, mm. you know. And I and also I think I made straight away. I went. I don't want to just be playing covers. I want to write my own music. And I, uh, even if it was generic and it was like my version of a Metallica song, 
I, I wrote it pretty much straight away as soon as I learned how to play an electric guitar because mm. I wanted my own version of it. Mm. You know, obviously I was still miles away from finding my voice as a, as a lyricist because all I could have to write about, because I really liked Stephen King at that time, was the the, the book I was reading, which mm. was it, <laughs> which was that song, you know, mm. and it was like, oh. So it was pretty gross, like pretty lame, but at the same time it was like, at least it gave me something to write metal around, you know, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. learn how to yeah. write a song, yeah. I suppose. It's funny you, actually, it's funny you say, I mean, I know this isn't the first thing she had does, but it's funny you talking about um, ACDC and going they sounded really heavy and then you go back and go that's that's just good it's just good bluesy rock yeah, bro. I feel I feel that way about Churn when I first <laughs> heard it I was like oh this is one of the fucking heaviest things I've yeah, heard in a yeah, long yeah. and then I go back you know when the when it was reissued on vinyl it's like still great love it but I'm like this isn't so heavy this is there are bits in it that are punishing yeah 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 but you know you you get the overall like kind of all that stuff you're talking about like no surprise that you're into human league and obviously the killing, yeah, the killing yeah. joke thing and, yeah yeah you know which comes oh, through the career absolutely. and all of that but yeah. it's like man this isn't just when i first i remember just being a kid when i first said that oh it's fucking it's heavy it is it's yeah. a new zealand band and it's heavy yeah, that's yeah, cool yeah, you know yeah, like yeah yeah Funny how it changes with time. Well, it does change with time. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know what? I still haven't taken my tune out of its cover because uh, I want to, because I'm really proud. I really like yeah. it. I like the package and I just, yeah. I just, and, and you know what? Like, I, I suppose, like a lot of artists, you're really not interested in looking back too much, you know? No, you, sure. You just want to fucking hear the new demo Do you know? and go, how am I going to make that work as a song? You know, I'm still thinking like that. You know? Well, this is it. See, I don't want to talk too much through She Hard with you because. For, for a couple of reasons I guess mostly like there's the doco that yeah. exists yeah. and we've talked about that and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit again but I, I was thinking coming around here you know the last 10 years have been incredibly busy for you personally and yeah. and musically really fulfilling across you're really diverse well I think I, I honestly think like I mean when I met when I met Dana and uh, she didn't basically she didn't drink because she's Muslim mm. and uh and I was, I think I was at the end of a two year binge basically. And I just basically got off the deep end and I was staying awake for days on end artificially and, and just feeling what, I mean, I'd been in a, a marriage from when I was, you know, 19 and it was, pr- I was pretty domesticated and I was pretty intimidated by the woman I had been married to. And I was, I was pretty low self-esteem even though I'd go on stage and still fucking rock it and be that lion or whatever the fuck mm. people think of me on stage but at my I was pretty miserable and um, so and I was I was scared of doing anything I was frightened of trying anything basically because I just didn't have any self-esteem um, and when I got out of that marriage which was unhealthy I finally went I'm just going to fall into the arms of the universe and see what the fuck happens. You know, I am literally going to find out after being a rock star on paper for what fucking since I was 19 years old, Mm. I am now 20 years later, I'm going to find out what it's like to be a fucking rock star. So I was making the adults record. Fucking, I just don't give a shit. I'm going to ring up anybody. I'm going to have the confidence to ring up anybody. I'm going to fly anywhere. I'm going to talk people into funding that fucking dream. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I'm going to enjoy every second of it. And I'm going to party like there's no fuck tomorrow. And I did that solidly for two years. And luckily, I did it while I was still working really fucking hard. And I had lots of creative ideas. And, mm. and I was being really productive. I wasn't 
just partying, mm. I was doing everything turned up to 11, you know, mm. like I was being creative, I was Getting working. the work done. Yeah, I was working like a motherfucker and then partying hard, you know, like, and then if I did party for three days, when I came back, I'd sleep for a day and then I'd work for a week, you know, and I'd work because yeah. I wanted to work, yeah. you know, I was inspired and I was working with inspiring people, you know, and, um, and I was, I was fucking useless uh, trying to chat up girls. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I was a serial monogamous. <laughs> had no game. <laughs> I had no game whatsoever. So I just lost myself in the work. And then once that happened, then, you know, I, things started opening up and, and the, you know, and I, I was making this really great record. And, but I was starting to get, by the time that was coming to the end, I was starting to fucking be really bored of hangovers, really bored of these inane conversations based around the drugs I was taking. And I was getting bored of being, yeah, just being, feeling a bit ill, really. Mm. So I met, and then I met Dana. It was like the universe went, okay, here's a gift. Fucking beautiful woman, beautiful woman from the inside out. Instantly felt comfortable around her, like, like a best mate. And I went, it wasn't so much like when I met her, I went... Ooh, excitement. I was more like, oh, I can finally fucking breathe out. Calm. Yeah. I can relax now. Mm. And it was weird. It was, I knew instantly. I just knew instantly. And, um, you know, and, um, and she didn't drink. Uh, so, and she didn't smoke ziggies and she didn't take drugs, but she had more energy than any of the people I'd been partying with. And she could stay up way later and she could fucking go harder. She could be way more interesting. And it was just like, Oh, this is perfect timing, really. It just works really good. I started end up spending all my time with her. And slowly, I mean, at first I still smoked, first still still drunk, and then slowly I just went, I don't need to do that anymore. Where did you meet? Uh, I'm, after, it was classic. So basically I'd gone out in Wellington one night and got fucking hammered and then had to be on a plane really early the next morning to fly to this, this music manager's forum in Auckland where on the agenda for me was a talk with Nick Dwyer, mm. Nick D, about composition, song composition, at, and it was an open conversation at the Auckland Museum, and I was not in the mood at all, and I was grumpy, and then he started asking me the greatest fucking questions. Mm. He's a really knowledgeable guy, and we had this fantastic conversation, and it made me think about songwriting like made me realize things about my own songwriting that I didn't even realize just by asking the right questions, you mm. know, and like, oh. So I had this great conversation and then there was the after party, which was down at Britomart at, at something called 18 something. I can't remember the name of the bar. And uh, I think um, uh, Kids of 88 were playing at it. I was getting hammered, hanging out with all the same druggy crowd. And then in walks... Uh, Dana and her friend, uh, RJ, whose uh, family came over from Iraq. And uh, and I just went, it was one of those moments where I just went, fuck, who are you? Like, it was like all the rest of the bar was just like, it didn't matter to me. I can't even remember what RJ looked like, who's now a good friend of ours. Mm -hmm. But I just saw her and it was like, I've never seen a human being that looks like that. And I just want to, I've got getting, to talk to her. You know, get, like, just with your story of you and Tom listening to the tapes in the cars, I'm getting like that scene from Wayne's World where Dreamweaver starts playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. No, but it was. It was classic. It was like, it was so funny. It was like, where are you from? Yeah. What are you about? And yeah. what are you doing here? What are you? Well, yeah, what are you? I've never seen a human being that looks like you. And, um, but it was like, um, 
we just got straight off and it was just we got talking and it was just like I think I didn't we did she got my phone number because she was going she was doing fucking college of chiropractic last year at college of chiropractic part of the part of the deal there is they have to see about you know a certain amount of patients per year to fill their requirements which is such a great business Mm. model it's like get your get these kids parents to pay twenty thousand dollars to study to be a chiropractor plus (laughs) they have to go out and get all these you know patients Mm. which they pay as well Mm. i mean which you know they have to pay for Mm. so it's a great business model (laughs) whoever came up with the idea of the college of chiropractic was very smart astute business person but anyway i was i think she saw me as a a person she didn't know who I was, which I also I was found just extremely say, attractive. I was just gonna say, yeah. what did she know of John Tuma, rock star? She knew after she walked out, yeah. friend RJ went. That's Do you John know who that is? That's, yeah, 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 yeah. She didn't know at first, and that must have been great. It was fucking excellent. I mean, like I really uh, never found uh, it attractive to be uh, to chase people that liked my band. I, yeah. Well, I never did because it was just like. Instantly, the game was up. You know, yeah. it's like oh, I'm, one note. Uh, yeah, it's just like ugh. Uh, we were never into that. Eh? I mean, I think I tried it out maybe a couple of times on a trip to Auckland, and we ugh, that was yeah. yucky. You yeah. know, like, and I just didn't like that casual sex thing. I just found it really unrewarding and, and dirty and blah blah blah. So yeah, it was just not one of the things that groupies were a thing for us. You know, we were still nerds about the show and we all had girlfriends and in the end you know and it was like that wasn't why we were in a band we weren't in a band for the groupies we weren't in a band for the parties we were in the band to see if we could be as tight as the bands we liked you know and and we were a band because we wanted to be taken seriously anywhere in the world not just fucking Auckland Christchurch Dunedin or Wellington or Hamilton we wanted to be we want to be able to go, in theory, go to New York and fucking blitz a crowd that had ne- you know, didn't know who the fuck we were. Mm. And that was always the intention. And to do that, we weren't really interested in all the trappings, you know. Mm. We weren't really that interested. It was like, yeah, we dabbled. And if we had a good show, we'd do that afterwards, you know. Like, but we had to do the good show first, you know. Because like, that was the point. You in know? Your, so in your courtship with Dana, when do you think... Oh, I've got quite a rock and roll backstory to unpack here. Well, I'll, we'll I, sit down one night and watch the documentary. Oh, and see if, see, if, to, well, see we, if she makes it to the bit where I call a policeman a cunt. And, well, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, how do you, how, is that going through your mind well, at any point? No, I mean, I was really honest with her. <laughs> yeah. She was basically interested in me. I was interested in her. Mm. We, we, you know, after we exchanged numbers, I remember I was sat, well, I was making the adults record, I, you know, I was basically couch surfing. I was living at the time with Mick Rowan uh, from The Skeptics, mm. you know, formerly The Skeptics, who was also Shihad Sound and a good friend of mine and his family. Um, and I remember going home that night and going, I've met a Sudanese chiropractor and she's the most beautiful human I've ever met, you know, and... But then we didn't see each other because I was busy making that record. Mm. And, you know, it was always... And, and I remember every now and then I'd get a call saying, hey, do you want to come in for an adjustment and stuff like that? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, but I'm busy. I'm flying to Melbourne, sorry, blah, blah, blah. And it just went on and on and on. And then we sort of, like, didn't see each other. And then then the adults record was finished. And then I played uh, a, an in-store at JB Hi-Fi down Queen Street mm. in Auckland with me, Julia... And Shane and the machine and and it was like the first time we'd ever performed live after rehearsing and it was we were shitting ourselves and going, 
I know we've got good material here mm. and blah 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 and, and I think we play good but that was that was the proof and it was classic because I'd in a week leading up to that I'd Facebook she'd Facebook message me and I said hey look I can't come in but I'm playing this thing if you want to come along we could catch up mm. afterwards you know and she came along with her friend Steve who was also at the college chiropractor but she missed the whole show entirely mm. and arrived right at the end when people were queuing to get their records signed and she queued up and I went, oh, you came. She goes, oh, I missed it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but I heard it went well and I was like, yeah, it went well. Hey, you know, we should definitely, you know, like catch up and, and we, you know, it still had that really good natural mm. rapport but, and I was like, you know, saying to, you know, Julie, saying, oh, that's the Sudanese guy. <laughs> and, uh, and then anyway, long story short, I went home I, I'm, I'm sitting having dinner with Nick and Ange at their house and the kids and they were watching Channel 3 News and on comes a thing with <laughs> David Farrier because yeah. I knew David Farrier had been there and he's interviewing Dana and she's lying because she said, he goes, so what do you think of John's new approach? And she went, oh, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> she hadn't even seen it. And I just instantly turned to Nick and Angela and went, that's the Sudanese character. So he just grabbed her like a Vox Pop thing. Well, she's, yeah, she yeah, looks yeah. good on camera yeah, and she's yeah. beautiful. And yeah. yeah, it was a Vox Pop and, and, and it was hilarious because I called her and went, I just wa- I'm just watching you lying on television. <laughs> <laughs> and it was classic. She goes, well, what was I going to say? You know, like, no, you know, I, I didn't see it. And uh, within a week, we were basically having dinner at some, you know, the China, that, that sort of, classic Chinese place mm. in, in um, Kingsland which is just down the road from the you know where everyone fucking rehearses and stuff and it's like I can't remember the name of it but I knew the food was good and and it was classic because I went to pick her up and she just looked so beautiful and it was just like I took her to this fucking Chinese restaurant which is known for its great food and it's really rude service like they just get you in and <laughs> yeah. they get you out because yeah. they need the table you know yeah. and I remember them like everyone looking at me and Dana walking into this thing and going, hey, that's John Turner. Who's that? You know, like, and it was just like, I, I was so proud because she's the most fucking beautiful thing I've ever seen. Plus, it was just like, it was just, it was just, it was such a weird feeling. And I just knew that I wasn't going to blow it because that was my best mate. So I felt confident in that way. But she asked me lots of questions like, What's your story? I was just fucking completely honest with them. Mm. What, what, was the, what was the point of hiding anything? I was like, I'm fucking, I play music, you know? Mm. That's my life. That's what I do. I've been previously married. I've got a stepdaughter. Um, blah, blah, blah. And this is what I've been, you know, been, mm. you know, I do this and do that. I remember you saying she, she, she likes the Pacifier album. She she does because because I, I when I said to you when I caught up with you in Auckland I said you know I've just listened to the Pacifier album again for the first time in ages yeah. and I'm like man I'm totally letting that album off the hook yeah like, yeah if, if you strip away any of anyone's problems around name changes and stuff yeah. it's, it's, and for an album of that era it's a great bunch of songs yeah, it's a, it is a good I mean it is a good bunch of songs it, yeah. it, 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 it's still it's still it, 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 it's got a lot of baggage though. it comes yeah. with a lot of baggage when I, I, I listen to it but I, I do I must admit when she stuck it on and we because uh, we were driving up to Otaki once with with my son and my mother and uh, we we're going to see my auntie 
and she stuck it on and I remember hearing just a shadow in that mm. initial mm. rip, you know, da 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 fuck, we were, we were on a roll there, man. Yeah. It's like, that's a good riff. Because I knew Run was good because we've always had yeah, a set yeah. ever since we wrote yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a solid fucking tune. Yeah. And, um, but I knew Comfort Me works. Yeah. And, but there was all these sort of weird songs like Everything and stuff like that where it was really dabbling in rock radio land. Yeah. Which I co-wrote with a classic, you know, American writer and Bulletproof, which again was one of my least favorite songs that that ended up being a single, which we, you know, spent the equivalent of a fucking house in Invercargo on the video uh, by basically having a guy who made one random Michael Jackson fucking video so he could demand this sort of certain mm. amount of money all this great catering and they basically filmed us in a in a in a, in a room in, in like a green screen room in fucking downtown Manhattan and then superimposed us into a computer generated warehouse space rather than just fucking sticking us in a warehouse space <laughs> and filming us yeah. it was that ludicrous and that you know ridiculous <laughs> I think the best thing I got out of that day was watching Phil get absolutely plastered and we were up on the 10th floor of this fucking building and watching him going oh, I'm fucking getting my money's worth I'm literally throwing all this furniture out of the out of this fucking window yeah. on the 10th floor <laughs> in Manhattan and you know not killing you know, not yeah. killing anyone yeah. he, was, he made sure that there was no one underneath but <laughs> it was ridiculous <laughs> but I mean yeah so it's got those and the name change yeah. there's so much around that it's so fucking loaded that record yeah yeah but yeah. but yeah, there were a couple of tracks. I went, oh, that's fucking cool, that riff. I was just pleasantly surprised by it because I remember thinking, yeah, much of what you've said, I mean, obviously, you know, Run is a standout. Yeah, so that works, that's you know, and all, and, and Comfort Me was fine at the time and yeah. still fine and yeah. all of that. But I was just like at my brother's house and he had it and I was just going yeah. through his CDs yeah. going, man, he's just got this, I think I was saying to you at the time, this time capsule, you know, of the, CD racks yeah. of, of stuff from the mid-90s to the mid-2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that's all the stuff I gave away because mm-hmm. it's on my iPod or now yeah, it's on yeah, Spotify. Yeah. Just, I had it, I'm done with it, yeah. I moved it on. Yeah. And it was just fascinating working through all that stuff and that one stuck out to me. Yeah. He's got the general electric as well. I was like, well, no, I know that one. Don't need to hear that again. Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. I know that one. That, yeah, that stands yeah. up. So I played Pacifier. I was like, it's pretty fucking good. Semi normal is quite a good track yeah. as well, actually. Yeah, yeah it just, it's just sometimes time is really good with these yeah, things, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. I, I remember, I remember, um, yeah, like, I mean, it was just messy, you know? It was like, uh, you know, like they sent a bio out where I was basically, you know, saying, fuck, I love the Rolling Stones and mm. I love this and I love that. And then basically, I remember reading a review while we're in New Orleans from some fucking, you know, cool sort of American thing going, this is as far away from as cool as the Rolling Stones can fucking get, dude. You know, like, this is like fucking radio rock, you know? It's like, so don't fucking talk to me about the Stones. It's like, it was like, he had a point, you know? Like, mm. but it was just taken, it was, the bio was written badly. Mm. Fucking the name change was the incorrect move. Well, it was the move that was made by yeah, yeah. by committee. Yeah. Um, and there was just all this thing going against making that record go. Mm. You know? And um, and um, so yeah. So when I think of that record, it's hard for me not to have the not word, to have all of that. Or stuff. not to have yeah, 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 not yeah. to have the 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 um, uh, the you know the concept of compromise. Mm. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's conceptually a compromise album to me. 
Whereas the not the music so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the everything the period. It's like it's like how much did we sell of ourselves to get that record, and and so that's when I I can't listen to it without hearing that compromise. You know, it's really hard for me to do. Whereas that. the first four all reissued on vinyl, I imagine. You know, you, you probably don't go back and play them all the time or anything like that, but that they, they stand up well. Yeah, they stand and up you, And you guys probably, well, you you will feel that. We know that because whenever you play, you play a bunch of stuff off them. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. Fish albums are, are probably my least favourite in the yeah. fact that just from a production viewpoint, yeah. it's a bit weak. Yeah. It just doesn't it just doesn't have the weight of what the band was. It's not, like, so when we play Home Again now through a big PA, that's how it should have been. Yeah, You yeah. know, like, yeah. I mean, and it's just... You know, I mean, Ghost from the Past is a good track. I mean, and 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 I like the orchestration on, say, Boat Song and stuff like that. And mm. I was getting into some good territory mm. there. There's some good shit on there, and I, I like it. I I wouldn't change that record for the world because it got us to the general electric. You know, mm. it was like we needed to do. Well, that's that. those four records. Yeah. you can see them as stepping stones. Absolutely. Like each one leading on from the other. Yeah. Band getting bigger and bigger sonically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Songwriting evolving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everything that should happen in a, band, a band, really. Yeah, yeah. Across four or five albums. Well, yeah. nowadays I don't think bands have the luxury. They don't of doing have the luxury. That, yeah, no. they've got to they've come got, out of the blocks. They've got to be General Electric first up. Yeah. And then follow that up with a fucking huge band. Well, the first band, song you know, they've like, got to release has got to be Home Again. Yeah, totally. Yes. You know, yeah. actually. And that's how it works. Yeah. There's no artist development so yeah. much. Or, or there is artist development, but it all happens before they release that first record almost. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. You know, how Lord was found years before, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, and they yeah. developed put her. in a lab. Yeah, they, they put her in. A, yeah, they 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 worked her with different songwriters. Yeah. Fucking finally, they paired her with the right person, mm. you know. And it's like that stuff goes on behind the scenes. Whereas in the olden days, it's like you just released your first record and got out on the fucking road, yeah, man, and like, yeah. and then you just learned your chops. You learned your chops, and there's fucking something to be said for that, man. I, yeah. It's like it's really you know, and that's why I was always really anti those, you know. um you know the game shows. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, fucking Australian Idol, New Zealand Idol, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fuck, you know, it's just like it's not. It's never gonna be. You're never gonna get um, band of gypsies happening, or you're never gonna get a, mm. you know London's calling happening mm. out of that format because it doesn't give a, an artist the no. a, the chance to grow into that. You know. It took, you know, how many albums? It took a few albums for The Clash to get to London's Calling, you know? Mm. like, and, and I'm not saying those records before aren't great. They're, they're really good, but mm. London's Calling is, is a fucking masterpiece. Mm. And you had, they had to learn to get to that point, you know? And it's like, I loved master, I loved masterpieces, you know? And I mm. like bands that get to that fucking thing, or mm. an artist, you know? It's mm. like, um, but it's... It's, it, you have to have the journey before you get there, you know, in a way, mm. I think. I mean, Bob Dylan's first record was okay. It's the second record that's really... Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like... What a batch of songs. Yeah, yeah. And, but, I mean, yeah. he did a lot of journeying to get there. Totally. You know, and... Um, and he's a freak of nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was listening to that Broken broken Record podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think it was on... I think it was on Tom Petty... Uh, or it was talking to it's Gladwell talking to Rick Rubin about the Wildflowers album mm-hmm. and he's talking about how Tom had told him that Bob didn't actually know where those first three records even came from mm. or you know when he's like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like I didn't write those records yeah they just happened they just happened you know like and I will never be able to recreate that yeah you know? 
but he was on the journey, you know. He like, was gathering he was songs. On the journey, he, was, you know? he was writing all the time, mm. and th- that's the only way to get to that place where he was channeling. And grabbing things. You know, like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. also give, giving himself the opportunity to let it flow through him, you know, mm. and getting to that point. He still had to put the fucking work in, you know. So it's, a little, it's not really true that he didn't write them. Mm. He did. But I know what he's. I know what he's saying when he says that because mm. all the best shit I, I, I'll, that we've ever written, I'll never recreate that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like bottled lightning. It was just. It was just like I was writing a lot at that particular period, and mm. then it came. You know, like you know, and then it was like I had to do fucking pages of shit, which is so average, 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 average. Oh, that's a good line. Average, average. Oh, that's really good. All that good three lines mm. shit 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 oh that's what I was meaning you know and it was like but I had to scrape away those layers of my ego which has got a pretty fucking limited vocab to finally get to that point where I go oh that's my soul fucking talking you know like oh that's that's how I wanted to illustrate the point that you know we should actually probably respect each other a little bit more you know or or you know, just simple yeah. shit, or or the answer to happiness is not going to be found through a fucking new TV, television set. Yeah. Even though I do, I do enjoy that. You know, it's like, <laughs> but you know, that deep, yeah, profound piece. You know, yeah. So, all of that is a really long answer to when did you show your wife the doco? Oh, oh, I think we were, I think we were just <laughs> no, hanging out one day, and yeah. it was like, I just, I, it was a rough cut that um, we all had to look at. Um, and yeah, we watched it. it was fucking hard for yeah, me. Yeah, well, how was even outside of that? Like, how was it for you? Oh, seriously! Like, uh, I remember getting flown over to Wellington and sitting in a small theater uh, with, you know, Sam Peacock, the director, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the the guys from the 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 film company. I can't remember. Yeah, name. and they played me a pretty close to finished version, and I remember just bawling my eyes out, just like going. Oh my god, that's so fucking heavy, and I know what that's like to go through that because mm. I went through that. Yeah, and I've never, I've always ran away from. Well, I've, I don't want to fucking sit and think about you know three million dollars walking out of the door after I say that joke, and I don't want to be. I've, I fuck. It's taken me years to to like just function again as a human <laughs> yeah. being, yeah. or to be able to look my bandmates in the eye and go, "Fuck, I did that. I'm sorry about that." You know, like and. And just, you know, just even, you know, seeing Gerald and, you mm. know, alive and then seeing my father alive, you know, because mm. he passed away mm. around that time as well. And I just remember crying and going, well, you know, it's incidental that movie's about us. You've just made a really good New Zealand documentary. Totally, yeah. You know, like you've made a really great movie. And it's, it's also as much as it lives and breathes your band's music, it's also incidental that it's about a band. Since it that's right. about music. Yeah, it's, a, it's about it's, it's not it's, a, a, it's yeah. about mateship. Yeah, and it's totally. About, it's so you know, bizarre. It's like it's growing really, up and it's really yeah. it's, he made a great movie and so I you just, can appreciate it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I and the, the, the only other time I've seen it was on the premiere, and again that was pretty harrowing because my father had passed away and I was mm. sitting there with my mum, and the, the, the and it was it was hard to watch, but it was it it was. It was received really well, mm. and because it is a good movie, um, you know, oh, it's and, a great and, movie, and it's a good doco, and um, and um, I remember Andy Circus was sitting us sitting behind us the whole way, and we stood up at the end, and Andy Circus 
grabbed my mum, who my mum didn't know who fucking any service was, and he went, You are a star, darling. And that was just so, wow. so it was so nice. So cool. She went, Oh, thank you, and didn't give a fuck. She didn't know who he was. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, I remember Conrad Smith from the All Blacks was like, Fuck, oh, you see it, the fucking, you know, this university and blah, 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 and fucking, that was, oh, I, didn't, I had no idea what you'd been through with that name, Jane. I had no idea. A lot of people had no idea what we'd been yeah, through. Because yeah. who, who fucking sits around thinking about yeah, yeah, what yeah. a band goes through? You know, they, yeah, they people, just go, oh, what's, what's that? People like me, because it's sort of your job, but yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of other people know, that's Literally. right. Yeah. They don't know the, the pressure that was on us, you know, like, because, mm. and fuck. So, you know, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I've never watched it again. Yeah. But it was, I mean, yeah, I remember watching it with Dana, a rough cut, and she's like, oh my God, I sound like your ex-wife or like Funny what different people focus on, completely understandable. Totally. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I, yeah, I just remember, because it was, it's always, it was pretty emotional for me, and, and I mean, yeah, I, I think she's, I think for me, mainly, it, it was, because she... When I met Dana, my father was getting ill, and um, I remember we were falling in love, and she was she'd talked to him a couple of times on the on the on the um, on the phone, and also my father. After I'd been in a pretty unhappy fucking relationship for a lot of my life, and my father, who loved me dearly and was always very supportive of Shehard and, and my choices, um, had had always found it really hard to watch me suffer in that unhealthy relationship. Mm. And because it, it wasn't as simple as just being in an unhealthy relationship, it was also my stepdaughter involved in that situation who they loved and, and I loved and, and you know, and um, and it was one of those classic ones where I just like, I go, I'm, I'm leaving, that's it, I'm not going back. And then I'd go back, you know, oh, no, that's it, I've had enough. And, and then I'd go back, you know, and it was like, because I was, yeah, I was, I wasn't strong enough to get I wasn't strong enough to get away from it, and I was also I also I also had, you know, his he was he was he was not an intellectual right. He was a working class cabinet maker mm. who fucking was billeted out of London with a with a surrogate family during the Blitzkrieg in the war from a fucking really low low working class Cockney London family didn't feel loved. But, but still made good, you know, learned himself a trade, got himself a trade and came, ended up in New Zealand. Really beautiful human being. But not what I'd call an intellectual. But wise, and my definitely my sounding board whenever I felt like I didn't know which path to go down. It's like, because he would always give me that really straight up working class, you got to pull your head in or your ego's out of control. This is how you do it with the respect. This is how you do it. What's your favourite memory of him or story about him? Uh, I just, I was actually thinking about this today, and it was pretty funny. He would always, he would always put stickers neck out for me whenever I'd done something fucking stupid. And one particular story is, um, he uh, he had just been made the building inspector for the education department in Wellington, which is the guy that goes around and makes sure that all the colleges, yeah. the, the schools had like, you know, you know, all the buildings were up to code, everything was cool. And then a week after he'd been given that job, I thought it would be a good idea to spray paint ACDC rules on the fourth level toilets yeah. in, at Wellington High School. Like massive. 
and then I got suspended. No, I think I, I think that it was Pat McKelvey who uh, was the, um, you know, the, what are they called? Principal. The, the principal was there. Uh, she she went, no, that's enough because I'd already been suspended the same year for smoking cigarettes at uh, Polytech, and I, I think she liked me and she could see that I was, <laughs> but but she, I was just a bad example yeah, for yeah. kids, you know, and. Um, and that was one of those final straw moments. And and what a selfish move. My dad had been given the job to oversee that not happening or cleaning that shit up. Mm. And then I went and did it. Because I didn't even fucking think about that. I just thought, all I was <laughs> this thinking. Would be good to do. All I was thinking was, you know, more people should know that ACDC rules. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best way to get my message across? Right at large. <laughs> on the on the, on the, place on, on the boys' toilets, you know. And um <laughs> And he fucking stuck his neck out for me and went and saw her and apologised profusely and made me come in in the weekend, me and him, and we fucking cleaned that spray paint off and he got me reinstated at that school. And he, that wasn't the only time he got me reinstated yeah. at stuff. He would always... That's like the lead metaphor. For but that, that was him. Yeah. He was like the guy I called when I drunk too much and I was vomiting and... He would turn up and he would pick me up and he would laugh and make sure I was okay. You know, he was always there for me. Great, great dad. So when he got sick, I was like, it's just straight away. I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to fucking, I've got a job where I can take three months off. And uh, I was there for the whole fucking thing with him and mum and watched him go downhill. And um, I just remember, I just spent this beautiful time. It was like when right in the middle of me and Dana falling in love. I'd spent this great time in Tauranga with her and her friends, and I got the call saying, you've got to come, because he's really ill, and he looks terrible, and shit. And so I just went, and she just went instantly to here, grab a fucking rental car and drive, you know, and, um, and, and that's what I did, I just, and we just, and he just was in hospital and out of hospital for the next three months, and we were on the phone, and, um, and she was fucking fantastic, she was just like, in fact, at one point she was in Saudi Arabia doing, um, you know, Umrah, like you know, like mm. you know, the, not not, you know, where they walk, they go to the Kaaba, yeah. but they don't. It's it's not done at the time. Yeah, you know, you can do it any time of the year. And um, yeah, and she was we. I talked to her while she was there, you know, mm. and 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 saying, and and she was the person I could actually be vulnerable around and go. My God, like I could actually cry and go, my father looks like he's just come out of fucking Auschwitz, you know. He's like, there's nothing to him. And that's my dad, you know, like what the fuck? I couldn't deal with it, but I had to deal with it because my mum was losing her shit because he was always the bedrock of the family. Mm. And she was, he was the one that always, because she was slightly fragile and she's a lovely woman, but she was always, worried. she was a warrior. Mm. And he was, the, he was the handbrake on that worry. He was like, "Don't be so bloody stupid. You know, it's all gonna be fine." So when he got sick, she didn't have any skills, to, you know, coping mechanisms. So I had to be play his role, mm. and I'm a mixture of both my mum and dad. And it was like, so I was dad when I was around her, but when I was on the phone to Dana, I could be mm. my mum's side, which was the fragile dude, you know. And um, it was fucking tough, but she was great through that whole thing. Uh, but what I remember about dad was. He saw me before he got sick, after I just met Dana and went, you look different. And I was like, 
Yeah, he goes, you look happy. You're happy, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I met somebody. And I told him then, but what do I do? She's Muslim. I can't marry her unless I'm a Muslim. And he went, don't worry about it. Love will find a way. Sweet. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He, he helped. He helped me get over that sort of thing. He helped you see through. He helped me see through through see, any obstacles. You, yeah, yeah. Your mind was going to because it was there. a big obstacle yeah. because we were staunchly atheist. Yeah. And staunchly humanist, and and I was of at that time of the belief that I didn't need uh, an organised religion to tell me I should be more respectful to other human beings. I should base that on my empathy that I have naturally, and go. I should treat that next person like I'd want to be treated myself. I don't need God for that, you know? Like, And yet, for all the theorizing, I was also this, you know, penny-pinching, struggling artist because I had that survivalist mm, mentality. Mm, mm. And I would walk past people in need because I was like, going, fuck, I don't know when my I'm needs. in need. I, yeah, I'm yeah. in need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas Dana was like... Uh, she would just give her last fucking 10 bucks to whoever needed it. Yeah. Cause she just went, it's not mine. Yeah. God gave me that money. What am I going to do with it? You know, like what can I do to help? And I know that it's an abundance that will always provide. Cause I believe, you know, yeah. like, and I just watched it in action and went, Oh my God, she's more, she's living the theory that we're talking yeah. about in the fucking, in the, in the tour band. Yeah. She's living it. And she's Muslim? Well, what the fuck's up with that? I've never really met a Muslim. And she's she's religious? What? What the hell? I had to... It totally changed the way I looked at the world, you know? I'm sure I still see things totally different than someone who was born into religion. Sure. But out of that, watching that, literally, she's like a fucking... All her kids, they will give their last cent away if they see someone in need because they've been brought up to believe that that's what you do, you know? And all her friends did that. And it was like, all my friends were penny pinching fucking yeah, yeah. tight as a fish's arsehole yeah. because struggling we were all like struggling, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yet she was like, don't worry about it. Mm. It'll come, you mm. know? You, it'll come in another way, you know? Mm. And ever since I've been living like that, I've, you know, I've got a master's degree. I'm teaching it, you know, at fucking coll arts. Mm. Uh, all these, you know, you know, I get asked by the APO to organise the voices for the Bowie symphonic thing. I'll do, you know, all these things opened up to me because yeah, that's what I'm saying about how busy you've been. Like because I, I'm, I'm, you know, why? It's because I'm fucking swimming with the flow of the fucking universe rather than swimming against it. Because you're satisfied spiritually and and well, because and I'm with someone who's actually romantically. Uh, well, you know, and, I've and, got a really encouraging best mate yeah. who goes, "You're Johnny Dugan too." And say yes because you can fucking do this. Instead of someone to go, they only like you because because you're in the band. Yeah, yeah. Keep my arms length. Yeah. It's like she's she's all yes, you know, and it's always like I mean, unless you know, it's like goes against our morals or something like that. I'll say no, you know. But but she'll she gives me that thing where it's like, of course you can fucking do that, you know. Like you you're an experienced person. You've got something to offer. She she's she's very supportive, right? Mm. So that helps having a supportive partner, but also watching it. Actually, watching it work, and by by you know like doing it, you know like going mm. going, oh, if I do something you know for other people, all of a sudden something unrelated comes in the other yeah, door, yeah. and it's just like oh right, that's how it works. It is a, li- a little bit like watching magic happen, but I mean it's weird to me that I I was so skeptical of that because I believed in magic from music. Mm. 
Because that's not, no matter how much we study and we perform and, and we work, and you have to do that side of things, sometimes something just happens, like mm. a switch, and a fucking gift is given, like a song comes, you know? Yeah, there's a real sort of, there's a real alchemy or a bunch of different versions of alchemy attached to any of the arts, isn't there? Absolutely. For all of the experience you have and time you put in and um, skills, there's still a matter of timing in terms of the delivery of yes. it to its audience. Absolutely. If someone can write the best book that's ever been written or create a really great album, and if they don't have the following and the means mm-hmm. or it's just dropped at the wrong time yep. or... It just sits there and it gets discovered years later, later on. And you know what? And, and maybe, that's cool. And maybe that, that is cool. Yeah. You know, and maybe that is cool. And I think, you know what? It's like, I think, I think it is actually, you know when you've created something that you go, wow, where did that come from? You know, and while that's bigger than me, you know, mm. that's bigger than me and my petty worries and my, you know, my weird sort of quirks and, you know, my selfishness and, oh, that's actually a, that's the big idea that I aspire to be, mm. and um, you know, and and you know what, like the the my two of my favorite, you know, bits of music that I've created, Five Eyes by Shehad and the Adults Haja, that came when I was straight, and I was not drinking, and I was not taking drugs, and I was keep, and I was praying, not praying to, I was basically saying, I remember when I was making. Um, five Eyes it was about I'm fucking sick of watching inequality I'm sick of watching injustice and I want to do everything I know it's just a fucking rock record but I want to nudge the universe at least in a positive direction Mm. you know so I would literally say help me fucking illuminate let me shine a light on that fucking ugliness yeah let me shine you know let, let me you know let me use this 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 fucking chance to actually illustrate some basic fucking logic about if the world's inequitable then it's it's actually not good for the people who've got all the shit as well you know I know they may think it is but it's bigger than them you know yeah and Five Eyes is also I don't want to say a return to form for Shehad but more a return to function you know it's like it's like this is what we do this is Absolutely. this is us Absolutely. like being raw and rocking yeah. and and really getting to the essence of a hard rock tune. And if you look back at our stuff, I was always into that fucking social justice shit. Mm-hmm. I was always coming from a working class perspective, you know, like even if I didn't really know it, you know, like what's the most underrated She Hard album do you think? Mm. Or, like the one that deserve that you have a fondness for that maybe not everyone does or that you think's been missed? Nah, I don't think so. I, I, I actually think that the cream rises to the top. Yeah, and the and ones so that the, people think they're being correctly yeah, celebrated. No, oh, absolutely. And, and Killjoy's kill good. Yeah. Uh, Churn's good. Yeah. General Electric's good. Uh, Home Again's a good song. I don't think it's a great record. I mean, I think it's yeah. a necessary part of the story. I think there's moments on Pacify which are great, but it's not, you know, it's not the best, my favourite record by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think our intention was sort of good on Love Is A New Hate, but I think the production's a bit all over the place. And some of the lyrics are pretty clunky. Uh, and then Beautiful Machine, uh, pop, pop record, usual fucking she thing. 
heavy record, pop record, heavy mm. record, pop record, you know. Yeah, there's some interesting tunes on that. I don't mind one will hear the other. I think it's quite a good pop song. Yeah. Um, and then and then Ignite is like the closest I get to like that's just a blur that record. I didn't that's mm. like it's like a I can't even count it. It's like when I heard it the other day I was like, ooh. It's like I didn't really it's like did we think that that was worth releasing? I didn't even we were obviously not focused, you know. And that's I think but thankfully I mean, Sleep, Sleep Eater was... Uh, Sleep Eater's not bad to play live, I think, maybe as a song. Mm. I wrote, I remember, and, and that was me working on how to use Ableton. I, I wrote that like a new word track. It was mm. an electronic track, mm. which I went, oh, that might work as a metal, metal song, you know? And it sort of does, you know? But I think it's very... That was like a classic thing of like, we're spending far too much time sitting around, experimenting, but not really getting anywhere. Mm. And uh, we've got our own studio space in Tom's studio, and... We're sort of answering emails and going and getting sausage rolls and not really. We're not taking it seriously enough. You mm. know? Too, too, too lazy. And then, and then I think there's nothing between that and Five Eyes. Eh? Yeah, no. Basically, me converting my father dying, adults record, mm. back, back in touch with it. Oh, the magic bit again. Oh. Ah, I'm going to take that back to mm. thing, and then also I'm going to we're going to support Black Sabbath. Ah, oh, that's why I love about heavy music. Great, mm. take that back to the record. Yeah, and then also things like learning through Islam uh, these sort of concepts of zakat. You know, okay, zakat is I'm not sure if you think, but at the end of every Ramadan, you give you calculate every Muslim family calculates two percent of their yearly income mm. and they give it to the p- people in their community that are most in need. So it's a sliding scale sort of thing. It's tax, mm. but you get to say, you know, the, you look and you go, who's the most in need? I've got, it's part of my faith to give 2% of my income. Now that's what's great about it is if you're poor, that's not actually that much. And it's mm. not going to fuck you up. Mm. You're still going to be able to feed your family. You know, mm. if you're rich, it means that's a really good contribution contribution to but people who need it. It's also not that much to take but it's out. Also of your, not that, that's you're right. still going to be yeah, able yeah. to fucking live. Yeah. So it's a really nice system. Yeah. System and yeah. and it was it, fucking social justice basically. You mm. know, it's like it's like basically saying it's it, it's a, an admission that this is just this life is a passing phase and everything you get doesn't really belong to you because you have to give it back when you fucking die. So you may as well pass it on while you're here while you've mm. got that opportunity mm. that's that's actually that's an honour to do that in Islam it's like wow I've got that much great all the more to fucking pass on I mean and that's the flow of the universe mm. I'm talking about mm. you know mm. and when you do keep that thing flowing you tend to keep giving get giving more and that's not saying I'm not talking about money I'm talking about doors opening I'm talking about th- thinking mm. in a different way you know mm. it's like oh I didn't actually see the world like mm. that you know it's like and make you realize things that, well, actually, that, you know, that person there from a migrant family wants and needs the same things that I do. Mm. They're just wearing slightly different clothes. They're still a manifestation of the fucking same thing, you know. And that rich person's a manifestation of me as well. That's the mm. same thing, you know. We just, and that all these, all these things that our Western sort of world sort of 
you know, the, the, the you know, fences between our neighbours, they're all just constructs about, you know, they're all just constructs. They're not real. Mm. We're actually all on the same fucking planet and we're all, we're all basically going through the same thing, you know, like, we all, yeah, we're all manifestations of the same idea, basically. Mm. So it breaks down those barriers. And I, I, that was the perfect fucking headspace to write an album as angry as Fire mm. It's, yeah, channeled anger. Even though what I just sort of talked about sounds mm. like hippy, hippy, dippy stuff, mm. it actually makes me go, well, that's not um, being reflected in the world I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if anything, it's going the other way. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to fucking be angry about that because I can see that maybe with a little less inequality, everyone could be happy, not just... Because I, I actually, and in, in, in a weird way, you know you know someone like Trump's really unhappy, desperately unhappy. Otherwise, he wouldn't need to do what he does, mm, you know? Mm, mm. And he's got lots of money, and now I, you know, money doesn't make you happy, you know? Mm. What, why do you feel... Why do I feel... Like, why do I sleep better when I've gone... When my wife's dragged me down to Flinders Street Station and I've fed a bunch of homeless people? Why do I sleep better? Because ultimately, by helping someone else, I've actually just helped myself. Because mm. the if you take it on the fact that they are a manifestation of just who you are anyway, there's a reason why giving something to somebody in need makes you feel good. It's because they're you anyway, you know? It's like you're actually giving a gift to yourself, you know? And it's it's weird. It's like, yeah. Like, because I came from that, fuck, when's my next paycheck coming yeah, from? Yeah, fuck, yeah, I'm yeah. just a struggling musician. I've got to hold on tightly to everything I've got. And then meeting someone who didn't think like that mm. and then watching her want for nothing and going oh so that's out of that comes five eyes you know it's like right okay I, I think that's really opened my eyes so so an angry heavy record that a bunch of bogans <laughs> like well I, and also you know people like Shane Carter I remember him ringing me the day he heard Think so friend going, that's the she hard I fucking like. Yeah, yeah. Liam, you know, Liam Finn messaging me from fucking New York going, that's fucking what I've been waiting to hear. And it was weird because I didn't make it for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was making it because I had seen something that I needed to say and said it, and I had a great soundtrack. Yeah. I can remember you messaging me about the review I wrote of it too. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Because, you because... Know? I probably said something like that. Like, mm, mm. You guys are back. You've done. Mm. This is what this is what I want to hear. From, you know, where's that effect? And I can remember you messaging me and going, you know, thanks, man. That that's cool. Like, yeah, but I mean, like now for me, it's like, yeah, I probably won't listen to that record very much. Yeah, but I remember fucking listening to it shitloads yeah. when I first when we first made it because it was like, yeah, it's like it's like that was it was the same buzz of like when we we first did the demo to it's with Malcolm Wellsford mm. and we'd put it on a cassette and we'd put it in Tom's car and we'd listen to it over and over again mm. and go, that's us. That was the same buzz. I'm getting the same buzz, what, fucking 30 years later from the same, pretty much the same group of people apart from Carl who came in just before church, you know? Mm, mm. And it's like, oh, I'm so grateful I got to experience that again mm. from that group of people. You know, that same initial thrill of going, I'm in that band. It's like, and I, and I, I still get it from. If I want to get that thrill, I'll, I basically scan to the second half of um, cheap as fuck. Yeah. Because when it kicks into that 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 double time thing, yeah. I just go. That sounds like a one of the fucking best rock bands on the planet. You yeah. Know, it's like there's something that, and that was Jazz's idea. Yeah. Because yeah. I, 
but I'd written written that bit of music as a fucking dirge, you know. It was like it was like doom metal. It was like boom, 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 and it was dissonant and it was yeah. ugly. He went, no one's gonna be able to fucking dance to that. <laughs> it's cool, but no one's gonna dance to it. So fucking let's speed it up. And then so we got it to that. So that was like, okay, cool, crowd can bounce to that, cool. You go, right, had enough of that shit, now let's fucking double time it. Yeah. And it was like, I would never have thought of that. You yeah. know, that's the power of having someone from the outside, you know? Yeah, yeah. Who's just as fucking, well, he's probably way more genius than you are, but it's fucking batshit crazy as well. But yeah, yeah. That's, what you pay, he's, that's what you pay for for that genius, you know? He's, it's like, he's the right shade of batshit. Yeah, batshit crazy. Well, he's, right? still, like he's, still, he's still on the, on the good side of the force. That's you know? sort of, yeah, yeah, and he's. Uh, there's he still likes human beings he's got um, <laughs> and he's got a track record and an yeah. ability you know yeah like absolutely he's, he's well he pointed out to us while he was producing that second record he's like you realise that you're the only other rock band I've ever produced apart from Killing Joke yeah all the other shit is classical symphonic music. and yeah 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 you know so you count yourself fucking lucky <laughs> <laughs> so and I do count myself lucky I listen to those records my brother and sister had those records when I was growing mm. up mm. they're part of that British fucking side of my musical taste mm, mm. that I mean these guys were fucking gods to me you know mm. like it was in the Sex Pistols and he was part of that scene mm. you know like I know he was a bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still part of that British thing yeah, that yeah. made me go, you know, I, I put it in there with XTC and fucking Wire and, and Wire yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, you know, Joy Division. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. said we used to play with those miserable, yeah. miserable bricks, you know. <laughs> as much of a part of it as Paul Stanley or, yeah. or you know, like fucking Iron Maiden was when I was a yeah. kid. So new She Hard album? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I just got back from Apollo Bay. Um, and it was really interesting because it's like to be a parent I've had to like put a few walls around that creative part of myself yeah, yeah. you know just to just to fucking get the rent paid and, yeah. and uh, well no just to make sure that I'm and doing to be present be present with my kids yeah because yeah. Yeah, they fuck they deserve it man. Yeah. it's like you know like a teenager says, I didn't ask to get born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want them, you know. When I, you know, you don't want them interviewed and 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 what what's the memory of your dad? Oh, he was he just was always there. working. He was well, I, I but I am actually always working. Part that part's okay if it's well, they I get to see. You. I don't. I don't. Unlike when when Anaya was young, my stepdaughter, yeah. like I would be in Berlin for six to eight months. Yeah, uh, there's none. That's not going to be happening now. Yeah. When I go away, it's like a week at the max, you know, yeah. and then even that's a strain, you know, yeah. so, yeah, so, yeah, I've, I've been a little bit out of touch, I mean, yeah, I've, I managed to make it, the adults album, which, um, again, it's like I say, it's like, mm. that for me is up there with, with Five Eyes, I think, from a creative perspective, I feel like I'm fucking, you know, onto something with those two records, it's like, and they're straight, they're made straight, pretty mm. much, you know, like, they're very, I'm very present in mind when I made those records, but yeah, I've done the pot test with both of them, which is what we've always done. It's like, smoke a joint, does it still sound good? Good, yeah, that's good, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. important. Yeah. Music should be, should sound good when you're stoned, you know? Mm. And they, those two records definitely sound good when, when I'm stoned, you know? And, um, um, and it, it, that, that, that record, again, is as much of a critique of fucking the world we live in as, mm. as Five Eyes is, except, it's a celebration of the world as I'd like to see it, you know. Mm. Whereas uh, Five Eyes is a critique of the 
is, is the critique of the world that is, you know, like Haja is the world as I want to see it, you know, like, mm, mm, mm. or as how I, how I actually do see it now, yeah. but that world comes crashing up against the Fraser Annings and the, mm. you know, and the, the realities of some angry fucker going into Christchurch mosque and doing what he did, you know, and that's, I think, I mean, it's fucking what, I mean, the stuff we've written is heavier than even Five Eyes. It's heavy. Right. And I've been going, what? I, I don't want to repeat myself. You know, I don't want to repeat myself. But there's so much to be fucking angry about. Yeah, yeah. I am so angry about what happened, mm. you know. As a Muslim, as a Kiwi, but the most importantly, as a fucking human being mm. with two kids, mm. you know, like, as a dad. Mm. It's like, fuck that being the world that my kids are growing up in. No way. Because that's the attachment of uh, a few of us and then people older than us have is this idea of this wasn't, the world wasn't like this when we were younger. But it's like... Well, there's always been war and there's always been atrocities. Yeah, and there's always been racism. And there's always been racism. and and and, And that shit's been bubbling to you know to create this kind yeah, of volcano yeah but we've right? been like taking those incremental steps yeah. to, to make it unacceptable to be a fucking sexist dick or be a racist yeah. dick it's like we've been chipping away going the reason you know there's a there's a reason for implementing polit- political correctness is to so that people who are now who never had to used to live in th- these big cities together now we're all living in these cities together it, it's about finding a common fucking you know, the commonalities between us rather than the differences. So we can fucking all survive and live side by side. Mm. And it's, it's frustrating to see that being chipped away. And you know, it's, it's basically de-evolution. It's like, it's like the whole thing is we're heading towards a place where flags become irrelevant Mm. and national nationality becomes relevant. I'm not saying your ancestry is irrelevant, but when someone's saying, I want to keep the purity of the white race. The white race is a fucking bunch of mixed up shit anyway. Mm. It's Irish. It's fucking Germanic. It's fucking, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And the sooner we come to realize that it, we're all fucking mongrels and we're all, we're all just, you know, yeah. parts of that. Then we stop dehumanizing groups of people based on the clothes they wear or the fucking, the, the God they worship or the God that they don't worship or, yeah. or blah, blah, blah. It's all a fucking red herring. You know, it's all, that is not the enemy. The enemy are the people who are enjoying us fighting about that shit while they're robbing the fucking bank. And so that's, that's the enemy. Yeah. And I've, I honestly, I think I'm starting to write about that, but it's, it's, I, it's, it's harder as I think it's weird. It's like, Writing doesn't get easier the more songs you've written. In fact, I oh, find I it see, just it as get hard. harder to that thing you said too. You don't want to get. I don't want to repeat myself. Yeah. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to uh, say anything I don't believe. Yeah. What do I believe? It's fucking. It's 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 painful having to fucking rip that scab off every two or three years. And for every time you want to push <laughs> push the envelope a bit, there's. An aspect of the fan base that wants you to. I don't. I, ne- I never. I know you that. can't think about that, yeah, 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 but it yeah. still comes into play at some point in the process. Yeah, but as soon as it does, it, yeah. I mean, the, the Prefer- only, preferably for you after you've written. Well, the only only record where you know we double, you know, second guessed our audience, mm. uh, I would say would be 
the pacifier record again, yeah. which is why. Yeah. You know, I I do agree with you. I think the, that record actually sounds a little bit better in retrospect. Yeah. But I still do. The word compromise does come up with me, and it's not just about the the name change, and it's not just about you know uh, the song choices. It's it's about thinking about or trying to get into other people's heads when I've gone to write instead of going and, and and honestly it just doesn't work for me and maybe it might work for someone that, that, that they consider themselves a songwriter predominantly rather than a, a, a performer or in a band part of a band but because it's always a song has always been basically ammunition for us for our live show mm. rather than a song for radio mm. so much it's more it's more like will this sound good coming to a big, big PA will it make people bounce up and down will it give them that transcendental feeling as well as me um, uh, is it doing that that was always the, the thing am I getting to a truth here does it resonate with me uh, and as soon as I get away from that it's always it, I can't I find it hard to listen to you know and Five Eyes is good because, uh, yeah, I, that, I believe that entirely. Yeah. And I want to make sure... And it's, it's a little bit daunting having to go back with the same group of musicians and write something that's, to be honest, that's actually that relevant. Uh, uh, yeah, and I'm, uh, yeah, and um, I don't know. I, it, I, I, I definitely see some some pretty cool ideas coming out in the last few days and and uh, I, I can see a pathway there but it, it, like I say it doesn't ma- it doesn't get fucking any easier mm. right every time I'm going to write it's like frightening you know because I'm a periodic writer as well yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not walking around with a with a handbook just going of lyrics. for it trying, I, to, trying to punt songs nah, out. I'm every time I go to make a record it's always like well Look in the mirror. Where are you at now? Yeah. What? Do what how do you see the world? Yeah. How do you see yourself in the world? Do you have anything to say? Why should you have anything to say? Why should anyone fucking listen to you? You know, like I still have that thing. You know, it's mm. like it's like, and I've got to break through all those levels of cynicism and self doubt, like like every writer does. But when you write constantly, you're you're you don't have to break. You don't have to rip that scab off. Yeah, yeah, like, the muscles. The, the scab's all. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's already exposed. Fit. You know, you match fit too. You match fit. Yeah. So I have to. I know I have to. There's going to be a few great pieces of music because there's fuck loads of good music and it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a few. Uh, sacrifices of those those tunes to the altar of like getting to the good songs. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's always a bit of a bummer for me. And I think the guys in Chen have learned to live with that. You know, mm. I am actually going to have to spew a bunch of shit over some of this really good music, and to get to the good stuff. Mm. You know, and you know, I know it might have been your favorite instrumental, but I had to write mm. that really crappy song over that to get to this good one that <laughs> yeah, we're going to play, yeah, and it's yeah. going to end up on the record. Yeah. But in saying that. I'm not so precious now as I used to be when I was when I first writing. When I was first writing, it was like if I fucked up a song, well, that was the end of that bit of music. See you later, next one. You know. But now it's like I can actually go. Well, that didn't work. What else can I try? You know, like I can actually do that. Mm. So that's cool. But again, 
usually the first thing that comes into my head is usually the thing that I'm going to sing over the top of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So expected kind of delivery for the album? Well, I mean, I think everyone's sitting around waiting for me. (laughs) They are. Yeah, yeah. Get get your work done. We've done four four writing sessions. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the last three have got fucking loaded with stuff where I go, shit, that sounds like a monster. And again, it's like when we wrote Home Again, the music, I was afraid of putting lyrics out on it because mm. I knew it was potentially a monster. Because mm. it sounded like a monster. But I don't, what if I fuck it up, you know, like by putting some shit lyrics on it? Nah, man, you gave us our daylight savings and Yeah, but, but <laughs> it wasn't until so they, no, threw, no. they threw me in a room and said, we're not letting you out of this room until you fucking finally write that song, yeah. that I was forced to write that song yeah I was frightened of writing that song because I, I knew it potentially could have been a good song mm. but I could potentially fuck it up with writing something that was slightly not real or didn't really articulate what I was trying to say or I think what you've just un, uncorked for me too is that actually that um, many of the best She Hard songs certainly the ones I like could be super kick-ass instrumentals. Oh yeah, absolutely. They really are. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and an alternative. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. That, yeah, which is cool. I mean, which is cool, but they'd never, they'd never be as fun to perform. No, no, you know? no, no. You know, it would be a different show. It would be a different yeah, band yeah, ultimately. Totally, but um, totally. there, there, there is there is an opportunity. You guys should be to, your own opening act. Well, I mean, <laughs> do a bunch of them. We, we we did do that. We we, cool. we 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 were we 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 opened for ourselves at the Shepherd's Bush Empire when the ACDC covers tribute band that we booked to support us. Uh, the singer got sick. Yeah. So we no no the band no the band split up. Um, the band split up and we went what are we going to do the singer we got hold of the singer and went we actually know some ACDC songs oh, he yeah. came in for sound check yeah. and went wow well, you guys are fucking tight on this yeah. and we, we supported ourselves as an That's ACDC right. covers band yeah. in London and then played a really kick ass show it was pretty cool fantastic so we haven't supported ourselves before yeah well you could, now you can do the instrumental yeah no totally, totally. well I mean yeah no, there's plenty of fucking good riffs but mm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I've always when you match a fucking the right lyric to a bit of music, it fuck feels good. Yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. really does feel good. Yeah, I always think of Paul Kelly's line, which I think is perfect about songwriting. That the if it's doing its job prop, if the music is doing its job properly, then it charges the good lines. And it does, it, and it obscures the weak ones. It you does. Can get away with slipping Absolutely. as you were sort of saying before in terms of writing a whole song that's maybe not as good, but it allows you to get to a good song. Sometimes you have to slip in a bit of a dog of a lyric, yeah, because it just matches the meter. Absolutely, and then it, and it helps you get the rest Absolutely. of the thing in order. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you can always you can always fucking you know like at the at the end of it because I still write in. in bunches of songs yeah. like which is totally I know it's I know that's almost like a well I don't know I mean I'm an old, older dude so I still like the idea of an album yeah but um I know you can just release four songs or five songs or one song or whatever the fuck you want nowadays but um I still like a body of work you know like I do like that idea of a body of work you know I like that you know that journey, and I and I I like arranging albums yeah. as much. Like it was as fun for me to trackless Killjoy as it was to write, say, Envy or You Again. Yeah. You know, it was like, wow, we've got a fucking, we've got nine killer tracks here. Yeah. How how best to highlight 
how good each one is. Mm, mm. That 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 process. We tried out all these different trap lists, and it was one of the most fun things we'd ever done. You know, like it was like, and I still do that. You know, like we go, what about trying this? You know, these mm. these five songs roll, man. You know, like even if even if we fuck up the rest of it, that that's a great killer first side of an album. You know, like which is sort of how I felt about. The general electric really, mm. you know, just fucking rolls, and then it just yeah, it starts to. There's a couple of songs which, are, but it's a pretty good fucking record, you know. Yeah, that? yeah. But you know, if you can get if you can get five or six songs to roll in, in a row, and I think the that's I reckon the I reckon maybe the best time I've ever seen you guys play in terms of the delivery of the set. I've seen other better shows because they're in better venues or whatever, but. Was that high school when you went back to the oh, high school? Yeah, yeah. Which I think was for the doco. It was. Yeah, yeah. for the original version yeah. of the doco, and there's a couple of little bits in it. But because you basically played heaps of the General Electric, but yeah. not all of it. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously all the other great little moments. Yeah, like, yeah. I almost feel like that was like one of the best set lists. Yeah. Like, well, I actually enjoyed that 30th anniversary thing we just did. Yeah. That was actually a really good set list. Just, just having that. Just doing that, you know, backwards in time thing, starting mm. with Five Eyes, because I we, yeah. we love starting with those two songs. Yeah, it's yeah. like, fuck. So I don't give a shit if people fucking move to it or not. I'm going to be buzzing out on playing Think You're So Free and then fucking straight into Five Eyes. Yeah. Five, five Eyes, whether or not the lyrics are like sort of a little bit all over the place. Oh, actually, some of it's good. Um, I, I actually, when we're on, I go... I'm in Led Zeppelin, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like down, 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 down. If we're on, it's like fuck, that's big. You and know? good to good to work backwards. Like it's the ultimate yeah. sort of reward for totally. the older fans, mm. like the biggest fans. I'm, I'm tired, but I'm staying to the end because I. Well, because I know I was they're at the play, start, and I know that yeah, uh, yeah, I know they're going to play something off churn. And I, I saw churn, you yeah, know, yeah. I saw them play something off churn when it was released, yeah, or whatever. Totally, like totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, what what we did was because it was also the 30th anniversary of, of the generation. Well, it was actually the 29th anniversary, mm. but I, I think we couldn't be bothered waiting around for another year. Um, <laughs> basically, we just played the first half of the of that album in the middle of the set mm. so we yeah, started at Five Eyes working our way backwards but once we got to the General Electric it was like Brighter Star followed by yeah, yeah. Mind Mind State right until yeah title track and until yeah, I think yeah. we were originally playing until Thin White Line but yeah. then we, we went oh I'm, I'm, I like that song but it's not actually as effective as the songs we end up yeah, playing there's yeah, a reason yeah. why we dropped that from, yeah. from the set list yeah. it's good but it's like and that's interesting because that was about racism in Christchurch. <laughs> right. yeah. Monster song that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to it for a while, but that yeah. was always a favourite of mine. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. A, it's a cool, yeah, it's a cool yeah. riff. And it's like, yeah. it's some, of the, some of the lyrics are a bit clunky, but I, 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 I like where I was coming from. I, I, it, was, it was like, it was after, it was like post, post Ducks Deluxe New Year's Eve show or something, and I was tr- we were trying to get late night Chinese and watching the skinhead go, you fucking come to our fucking country. I was like thinking, oh, you're buying the fucking food, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like you're a fucking immigrant too. Yeah. You know? Well, this used to be the thing. I, <laughs> you, I used to think, I still kind of do, but with everything from sort of like troll commenters to people yelling racist barbs in the street, I used to think to to talk back hosts, I used to, th- and their callers, I used to think it's enough to just let someone make themselves look silly, but mm. unfortunately it's not now. Like we Actually, do no. have to, yeah, no, it has we do have to, yeah, we do have to, well, like the Me Too movement, somehow comes, stop it. Well, the Me Too movement yeah. comes along, yeah. and all of a sudden it, it becomes culturally 
I'd accept law for to be a fucking sexist dickhead. To be a creep. Or, or to be, yeah, to use your position of power to try and get sex or something mm. like that. Which is, I, I've got to say, going to Wellington High School, I already fucking knew that, you know? Mm-hmm. Because if you were a sexist dickhead, you'd get a fucking slap, and rightfully so. Mm. So, for me, it's like, oh, about fucking time. Mm. But I can, I know from, de- you know, our interactions with different, you know, Los Angeles and Hollywood Mm. situations that yes there's this sexism thing and Mm. it was sort of weird and we always found it really foreign Mm. you know like it was like and and you you know you get that you know your guitar tech comes along all of a sudden he's like talking about oh look at the titties on that and it's like ooh none of us speak like that yeah that's not how how we were brought up to speak you know but that's normal it's a cultural thing you know it's acceptable it's acceptable for that guy because he was around other guys that were talking yeah. like that too. It's been so normalised for when them. you make it culturally unacceptable, yeah. it's really easy to not be a dick. You know, yeah. and it's when it's culturally unacceptable to be racist or be a bigot, if we make it that, then then when someone does say something outrageous, you go, nah that's not acceptable and they become ostracized from society Mm. you know that's the whole idea you know it's like a naughty child giving them time out no we'll we'll talk to you once you once you're being reasonable you know like Mm. once you get over yourself you know Mm. like because that's just not acceptable Mm. you know and it's like that's what it takes man i mean it's like you know it's like honestly that um you know as as much as i was angry when that happened the other day because uh, it, it was so unfair and so revolting uh, and, and offensive mm. to the world that I'd been fighting, you know, and all the people I know had been fighting to fucking, you know, to try and get to. Mm. It was it was a feeling of like, I fucking told you so, you know, like, and it's like, it's like, uh, it, it's frustrating because it's like, all that dog whistling that, that this government had been doing for fucking years and, and people like Dutton, you know, walk, purposely walking out of the House of Representatives yeah. when, when, when um, Phil Rudd, Phil, you know, so um, Kevin Rudd did the apology to the, yeah, yeah. you know, to the Stolen. original, original yeah. you know, people of this fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. country. And he was like, why should I apologise? And it's like, mm. that mentality is so old school, but yet it's still a big part of it. Right? Oh, yeah. And that behaving like that from leaders, from leadership, it, 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 and, and using that sort of language of like, you know, if you come here, you've got to be behave like we do. You know, you've got to become one of us. You know, like, rather than just accepting that it's global. Well, that's global, been a... So, that's been a... Know, it's been a through line of treaty negotiations in New Zealand, hasn't That's it? That's right. The, 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 the group or the side, the people that go, oh, come on, let's just shake hands and start again. And it's like, mm, well, that's no. not really how that's going to play. Like, that's no, not that's, that's not actually correctly addressing this. Well, it, And that's always been someone's always come in and gone, oh, come on. It wasn't well, me that well, did that. It wasn't me. We'd, why, why are we being blamed? Let's all just be one people. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's not really that's how, not this, how, it works. how this yeah, gets yeah, sorted. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not how it gets sorted. Yeah. And, um, but, but there is that, you know, that, that it's like a real, you know, in the leadership, there's some really bad 
leadership mm. <laughs> basically mm. it basically condones racism they go they only go on like uh, you know um, the shock jocks you know 2GB will go and talk to them about bloody you know lefties and, mm. and you know and you know they're trying to you know the greens are trying to the greens are trying to you know like destroy industry and mm. forgetting the fact that they're actually thinking about their children mm. you know maybe economically a little bit unrealistic at times but it yeah. comes from a, a from a perspective comes, of oh, actually I'm wondering about the world that we're going to have leave for our fucking children yeah, it, come, our, it comes you know from, it comes from actually not wanting to destroy <laughs> industry just hoping that industry won't destroy the world it, it's coming it comes from uh having read Dr. Seuss's The Lorax <laughs> and actually understood it mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty simple yeah it's pretty fucking simple and um yeah, I just, I, 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 you know, and, and they do, they do fucking dog whistle about immigrants. I mean, fuck, they, the policies they have for refugees is pretty fucking brutal, you know, like putting them on, on Nauru and stuff like that. So oh. it's fucked up, you know, and it's like that, all that shit is, it, it's just, it just lays the groundwork and then, you know, making deals, doing deals with one nation who are on record saying Islam is a disease. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with a disease? You get rid of it. Yeah. You know, and it's exactly the same language as what was used, you know, in fucking World War Two. And yet, ironically, there'd be some One Nation supporters that are anti-vaxxers. Oh, without a doubt. That are still buying, when it suits, they're buying that line Absolutely. of, this is, that, this is what you do with the disease, you yeah, stamp yeah. it out. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, and what happened in Christchurch is madness. It's madness, and we don't want that. It's not civil. It's not civilized society. Mm. It's not. It's, it shows <laughs> no fucking respect for humans, and uh, and we've got to we've got to you know like I mean ultimately yeah I might lean left, but the older I get, I probably realise that there's a reason for the centre, you know, and the, the yes. reason for the centre is well when you're living in big populations of diverse cultures and religions and blah blah blah. You got to make compromises. Yeah, you can't have an idealist so that people view. don't fucking slit each other's throats. You can't you know? have a complete idealistic view. Of well, any time in history yeah. that you've anyone's gone that way, it's been a disaster. Yeah, you know, any time anyone stands up and go, uh, "I got it sorted." Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll go this way. <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually got all the answers. Yeah, I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. It's always a disaster. And how many times out of ten was that a fucking old white guy too? Well, yeah, but yeah, but then. Cambodia, no, you know, like honestly, yeah. it, it, it's any time it's absolutism. Yeah, any time anyone goes, actually, the world's not um, complex and it's not full of nuance and it's not full of colours and different shades and compromise. Thing. It's actually very simple, black and white. Here's the rule book. Uh, apply it to every human being on the planet. Let's fucking go. Well, this is know? the thing too: is people people are noticing more and more. I mean, yes, yes, you can arguably only speak from your own experience, but then the big thing there is if you haven't experienced something why do you get to judge people for how they would operate if exactly. you don't know exactly. and you get a lot of that you yeah. get a lot of you get a lot of well why didn't you do this oh well, that's easy to say you were not there and you were not faced with this we did this because this is what happened to us at this time and this is well exactly like the Muslim community being told after the claim, get your fucking house in order yeah come on this is your fault it's not because every fucking you know like Trump's response to school shootings they should have guns in exactly. schools it's, it's just mad you know he's probably when's he going to say that about the mosque probably in Christchurch probably has said it somewhere on Twitter I think you know and I think this is the thing it's like 
you know, I keep on checking my phone, not to check the news so much, but just to check and see if the world has returned to a reasonable state. Because yeah, exactly. I honestly think the last few years have been quite unreasonable and mm. quite fucking batshit crazy. You know, and that's from watching Duarte in Philippines to watching, you know, um, you know, you know, people in, you know, the guy in Hungary mm. to watching, you know, the rise of the right in Austria and, you know, especially how close it is to Germany and, you know, and watching Trump, you can't get away from that. Uh, and, 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 you know, just, you know, and one nation here and it's just like, why do we have to, as a fucking race of people, why do we have to keep on learning that mm. lesson that actually anytime we get into like trying to find quick fixes for massive problems, which is basically let's get a biff on, right? <laughs> we all stand around afterwards and go, oh, that was a disaster. Let's not do that again, you know? Mm. And <laughs> But we keep on having to learn that lesson because mm. we obviously haven't learned that lesson, you know? Uh, well, I know a lot of people that I know actually do. You know what? And, and that's the other thing. I come back to them being in the middle. The thing is, the way the way social media works is it, it and, and and I suppose the algorithms they use, it, it fucking accentuates those loud, shouty voices on either side because mm-hmm. it's sensational. And yet, most of the planet lives in, I'd say, 95 point whatever the fuck percentage of the planet are usually pretty much in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, they just mm-hmm. they've got kids. They want a, a safety for their kids. They want a roof over their head. They want to be happy. They want to get on with that. that you know, they'd probably treat their neighbour pretty good. They'd probably want their neighbour to treat them pretty good. But it's those people who have gone, actually, I've got the fucking answers. Yeah. And I'm right and everyone else is wrong. Yeah. Discounting opinions they haven't even heard. That's right. Yeah. And forgetting all, you know, that it's a lot more complex and nuanced and than, than just saying, I've worked it out. Mm. And I'm going to fucking tell everybody how it, how it should be. It's, a, it's always a disaster. It's always a fucking disaster. And it's fucking frustrating to have lived through Fugazi <laughs> and Sonic Youth and, 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 you know, and all these fucking great artists and mm. gone, yeah, that's the world I want to live in. You know, like, yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, you should be good to fucking people not... Based on, and you should judge people based on their character rather than their fucking skin color or their yeah. clothes or whatever. But are they a good person? I should probably treat them how I'd want to be treated myself, which is probably good. You know, it's like you know, it's like it's pretty fucking simple. So why are we having to fucking devolve and go through this again? It's frustrating. It's just frustrating. You know, like, and it's it makes it even more urgent to me having kids. You know, it's like, mm. oh god, mm. I've got maybe twenty five years on this planet. And I'm watching that we have to, instead of evolving, we have to go fucking backwards again, go through this fucking unamonga sort of tribal bollocks, which we know will end in tears. There's no other way it's going to end. Mm. Hence Christchurch, you know? Hence Bataclan. It's the same fucking thing. It's a mirror image. That guy in Christchurch had the absolutism. Mm-hmm. The guys who did the murders from ISIS who, in the Bataclan in Paris... Same fucking absolutism. I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. That means I can fucking do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's dehumanizing. You know, it's like fucking dangerous. Really dangerous. It does sound like you've got 
your lyrical content. Like Absolutely, now. yeah, but I don't, it's like, fuck. It's, <laughs> but yes. I tell you what, it's awful well, fucking reveling in it. There's that. I don't want to revel No, it, no, there's that. And also you have a responsibility to the, if, we, if and when you do go down some version of one of those paths, you... You want to do respect the idea too, Absolutely. right? You're not trying to <laughs> dine out on a. Absolutely. It's cool to talk like this no, right now. No, yeah. So no. you have that pressure too of. This is what I want to say. Yeah. Is this really the time I should be saying it? Is this how well, I should be saying it? Well, that's right. And hopefully, yes, 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 big tick to all. But yeah. Then it's like a quality control check on it, isn't it? Well, like, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to be exploiting. Yeah, anything awful. Mm. It's more frustration mm. as a human being. You know, yeah. it's just like, I, it's, it's tiring. Like how how is that not going to happen mm. if you fucking use language like that in your leadership? Yeah, yeah. Or in the media, if you or in the big or, business, or, or you know, if if you're yeah, if Qantas is making deals with fucking Rupert Murdoch, so they're pumping this fucking ugly, yeah. negative right wing propaganda. Into the air, like into the air yeah. that people are living and breathing in, and how can that? How could you not see that coming? Yeah, you're normalizing hate speech. You know, you're normalizing, uh, you know, tribalism. You know, and it's fucking ugly. It's it's opportunism to the max. You know, it's like because it is profit driven as well. You know, it is profit driven. Mm. It is. That's fucking ugly. You know. It's like fucking 50 people died. Not only that, every one of those people's families and fucking friends are hurting like motherfuckers, you know? Like, and it's changed their life forever, you know? It's not just the people that died, you know? Every time someone dies or is murdered, I just think, how selfish, you know? It's like, it's not just the person whose life you took away. Mm-hmm. It's all those lives you've destroyed, you know, around that. Everyone who needed that Everyone person. Everyone who was connected to that person in some Everyone way. Everyone who needed that person, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. who, you know, uh, and, um, yeah, so it's like, yeah. So, so opportunism that, that fucking can lead to that. It's like a, a business opportunity. You're thinking of that as a business opportunity. It's like, ooh, yuck. Mm. That's poisonous shit, you know? Mm. It's like, uh, fuck living in that world. Well, how do we keep ourselves not so tired around all of this and, and sane? Um, I think it's like comes down to face to face, meeting people. Yeah. Meeting people, talking, being kind to your fucking neighbour. That's basically it. Like that's all you can do yeah. when you're in a social situation. Listen, you know. Listen to people, you know. Share good stories. Yeah, and and I think just having a genuine curiosity in other people, you know, mm. like actually, you know, listening. You know, you don't have to like everybody. You know, like you, you're never gonna like everybody, but if you give someone the, like the opportunity or if you see if, like okay this is what I've noticed with Dana which I really like she sees the good in people instantly mm. and because people feel that even if they're um, maybe doubting that it brings them it brings the because she sees it it makes them see it in themselves Mm. So it brings the good out, you know, like, and I think that's actually a really positive way to, and and I think that's the difference between basically this sort of idea of, you know, conservatism and, you know, you know, progressive Mm. way of thinking. It's like, 
I think, you know, if to try, well, if I could distill it, I'd say conservatism, uh, and, and, and again, I'm coming from, a, I think as an older, older guy, I, the, and the older I get, the more I realize, oh, right, if we're going to live in big groups together, we have to come to the center, you know, we, we really do, you know, and there are good ideas on both sides, but I think if you take it to an extreme, conservatism, you know, um, it, it, it probably, um, uh, it probably assumes the worst in humans, mm. <laughs> you know, if I don't fuck you over, uh, you know, you're going to fuck me over, so I might as well fuck you over first, you know, like, yeah. and that's, I mean, to a guy that was brought up on Disney movies and, and a work, in a working class family, I just, and Dr. Seuss books, I just can't vibe with that, you know, like, I just don't want to do, I don't want to live in that world, you know, it's like, I don't really, I mean, that's, and that's also why. Isn't I, Disney one of the biggest fuck you over? No, 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 just that, you know, that <laughs> no, no, ridiculous, I know, I know that ridiculous idealism, totally. you know, that over the top idealism. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, no. you know, we no, you know, the you know the the poor Cinderella actually ends up being the one who gets all the prizes, you know, mm. like instead of the rich uh, two ugly sisters, you know, like blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, just all those fables, you know, those those those. It's all you know, altruistic, but but you know, like, but you know, also you know, Doctor Seuss. I think you know, it's really they're really good good moral tales, mm. you know, like I I totally vibe with the snitches, you know. It's all all that all that aesthetic, you know, the way we look on the outside, it's meaningless. Mm. Like, absolutely meaningless. It's what's in someone's heart, you know. Are they a good human being? You know? And when you when you go when you when, when you appeal to that side, when you assume the best in somebody, they tend to it brings out the best in someone anyway. You know, mm. it's like, oh, you think I'm a good oh, actually maybe I am a good person. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll stop acting like a prick. But if you hang out with like-minded opportunists who assume the worst in humans, um, you're probably going to have a pretty cynical outlook on humans, you know? And that's just going to make the world a really fucking ugly place, you know? Like, I know it's a, you know, there, there are going to be some pricks out there, but, <laughs> you know, I actually do think, yeah, if you appeal to the best in people, they tend to rise to the occasion, you know? Or it gives them the opportunity to, mm. you know? Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> That's about it. I don't it's know. I, mean, I think, yeah, don't you? Like, I, well, I mean, we're teaching I, our kids I, to, yeah. to, to assume the best. And yeah. But yeah, also yeah. be, you know, be, you know, be alert, be, alert. be aware, be alert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but, yeah, exactly. Why not? It's, it's hope. It's, it's getting, it feels like it's getting harder, but it's hopefully better to mm. assume the best in people and, and hope for that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, yeah. I, mean, I, I think I'd rather, you know, that's a better cause to die for than than a, a bunch of money, you mm. know. Ultimately, isn't it? Even if you were wrong, at least you were sort of like pushing the needle in the right way, you know. Like, <laughs> mm. you know, well, at least you know. And any time I see that sort of like, you know, this naive sort of happy, lip, you know, libtard, you know, hassling, it's just like, man, you mustn't have got much love when you're fucking growing up. Totally. You know, like really, if someone loved you, you know, like really loved you. Uh, and you felt that you wouldn't talk like that, you know, mm. like you wouldn't, because it feels fucking good to be loved, you know, and it feels good to give love if you're genuine about it, you know, and it's like you're missing out, and that that bag of money ain't gonna fucking fill that hole, you know, like it's not, you know, it's just fucking not. Look at Trump, you know, it really, 
Yeah. He's been, he's, the, he's been given everything he thought he even wanted or needed. Mm. You know he's a lonely, sad motherfucker inside, you know? He's hurting. Otherwise, he wouldn't hurt people as much as he does. Mm. You don't hurt people unless you're hurting, you know? You just don't. Why would you need to, you know? Why would you need to win an argument, you know? Like, or, or, or just be willfully mean to a group of people, you know? Why would you treat Puerto Rico like, you, like he does, you know? Yeah, yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Unless you're just really desperately unhappy inside, you yeah. know? Like, and that's why it's so sad to watch people championing, championing people like that online, mm, you know? Mm. And, and reveling in it. You know, it's like, ooh. Yeah. It's like, ooh. You're aspiring to the gutter, you know? You're aspiring to... There's nothing to aspire to. It's nothing. Well, what? Because he's a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. And he blew up Hillary. Yeah, she was a shit cancer. Yeah, fucking for sure. And yes, we need to fucking improve on that. Without a do, the whole journey, we're all yeah. going to be improving. But fuck, I, I, I probably think at the end of the day, she probably gets humanity a little bit more. She would have 100% <laughs> been a better choice than him. Yeah. Anyone who says, oh, well, at least it's not Hillary, it's like, well, you're not. No, no. You know, at least she, underst- you know, at least she understands diplomatic processes. She mm. might exploit them for her gain and all of that to, on, on, on some sides of the ledger, but she actually... Uh, Understands politics. Oh, I, I, I just, I just say that if she sat in a room with, I, I just think that you, I get the feeling with Trump that you know that he has as much contempt for the people who prop him up yep. as he does for the people who are, he considers his enemies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? And in fact, they just they. It remi- have you ever read the comic V for Vendetta by Alan Moore? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a great fucking take on mm. fascism, mm. and you know the dear leader who basically, at the end, you realise he just thinks this is just a dream that's all made for him, mm. you know. And the people in that aren't real, they're just actors, you know. They're just not actually... They're there to serve his his story, you know. And I get the feeling Trump's probably a little bit like that, you know. Yeah. It's like he probably shakes a few hands, then when he's alone, he's fucking cleaning his hands because he doesn't like people. You no, know? Like, no. He doesn't like humans. No. I'd say Hillary probably there's humans that Hillary liked, and she you know it was sort of corporate as she is. You think that if someone was hurting around her, she'd probably feel it, you know? Like yeah. I don't think that guy knows what that is, yeah. you know? Other people's misery or or, or yeah, pain, totally. you know? No, no, he's he's the only guy in the room. Yeah, that, mat- that oh. mat- you know that matters. That matters the whole yeah. time. That's yeah. how. That's Which is just, why I just think. Anytime you see people reveling in his outrageous bullshit and always say, oh, he's so good at Twitter and fuck you, yeah. libtards there. It's yeah. just like, is that, is that all you've got to us? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Know? And is that the only so level of understanding you have around this well, too? It's so like, two-dimensional. It's like, it's nothing to aspire to. It's pretty fucking juvenile to say that you want to, you know, the world's a mess, so why not watch it burn? It's, well, yeah. It's essentially what a bunch of adults are doing, are saying. And Absolutely. operating like, and to me, it's like, how, how could you, how could you want for that? How, yeah. How, how could you, you feel good about that or want for that? Well, you, 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 you know. I mean, it, it all has con- those. The, the way he uses language has consequences, in, in real in the real world to people who are minorities or people who are struggling. And so these are real world consequences yeah. because of his leadership. It's like if he was leader of 
maybe you know a smaller country that was less sort of important on the world stage, then maybe maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's the fucking model that we all base our fucking Western democracies around. It's like shit. Ouch. That's not a very fucking good uh, example to our children. You know, it's just not. You know, it's just not. <laughs> yeah. It's like what we're basically saying. If you act like a cunt, you can have anything you want. But you can't have love, though. That's just it. Mm. You know? Mm. I think, you know, maybe... The thing is, well, you can't have... Okay, so... Okay, maybe those... Maybe his supporters do love him. But I don't think he loves them back. It's not a two-way street. No. Whereas I, I get the feeling... With Barack Obama, I think he appreciated the love that he got, and I think he genuinely loved other human beings. Yeah, yeah, totally. I just like Jacinta. That. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I wasn't. It's been interesting over here because, and it's been. I'm so proud of her. She, yes, she's done really great, but it doesn't. Nothing that she's done has surprised me because I know her. Yeah, yeah. I know that she. I know from the fact that when I was mentoring at New Zealand, you know, for the New Zealand Music Commission. High school students at Western Springs, high college, I can't remember. Um, he, she came in, and it was while that whole tax roll problem was happening. Mm. You know, the payroll thing was happening, yeah. um, where teachers were still turning up and weren't getting fucking paid because yeah. whoever they outsourced the fucking job to it fucked it up royals royally. And yet they were still turning up and they were still doing their job while they weren't getting paid and fucking teaching is a hard job. Mm. And she came in, this is before she was the leader of the Labour Party, and she came in, she talked to me about my about what I was doing there in a genuinely interested way. She talked to all the students and there and asked them about their lives. She then went and sat in the in the staff room at lunchtime and talked to the teachers about the payroll issue, what they were going through. And she was genuinely fucking interested. And I could tell right then that's a human being, not a politician. Well, she's a politician, but yeah, yeah, yeah. if more politicians were like that, we probably wouldn't be in such a messy state. She likes people. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. She likes human beings. Therefore, she understands when something bad happens, what that must feel like. She can feel empathy, you know? So therefore, she behaves in a human way rather than a politician sort of way or a political way, you know? Um, and... Um, so nothing she did since Christchurch has surprised me because I know, I've just known, I saw it. It was like, mm. oh, great, she's a fucking human being. You know, it's simple, you know. She's sort of pushing a... I'm not saying her job is easy. No. But I am saying that all her reactions make sense to the her human being yeah. that I saw just before she was yeah. even the leader of the Labour yeah. Party. Well, she's putting forward a concept of leadership through... Empathy and understanding by being a real by human being, being. Exactly by reminding people, hopefully by not putting yourself above anybody. Exactly else. that. Exactly. My favourite thing that I've heard about from the mosque killing and the response. My favourite thing is a funny way to frame it, but mm. my favourite thing I've heard was on the Monday afterwards she went and spoke to some school kids mm. about it, and one of the kids said to her. Well, they said, asked the kids to ask questions, and the first question from a kid was, how are you feeling? Oh, cool. Now, which is super cool, and her answer was, I'm very sad. Yeah, good. Yeah, that, good. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because what, what else at that point, or yeah, even yeah. now, is yeah, there yeah, to yeah. really fucking say? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a magical exchange. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. It's, doesn't, it, that, doesn't that show empathy and understanding from from both sides? Absolutely. From the child and, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, and we always get a lot of wisdom from children. Sure, we yeah, know yeah, that. Sure, yeah. But I'm just saying, like as, a, as an exchange, it's yeah, yeah. just wonderful. You know, totally. And oh, it, it's interesting. It's like yeah, but I mean, you, like, I, it's like it, what's been great. It's, fuck, it's so nice to see an editorial in the New York Times saying. America deserves a leader as good as that. Disintegrate you, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. surely, you know, with our history yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. we've been through, we deserve a fucking leader. And that's the thing. It's like there's a moral vacuum in this this fucking this this staunch sort of this populist right wing thing that's happening. There's a mm. moral vacuum at the heart of it, and uh, it's not going to end well. You know, no, it's not going to end well for the planet. It's and we are living in a global fucking. That's why I'm so afraid of what. Not afraid, but so concerned about what happens in America. What concerns me, you know, what what happens when the opportunists get their way in fucking England, which is the home, my home. I've got a British passport as well. Very important. You know, it's really mm. frightening what's happening there as well. Mm. You know, we're not frightening, but just fucking sad. You know, it's mm. like it's like again. Immigrant scapegoat, blah blah blah. Let's take it back to. Let's take it back. It's all this idea of taking yeah, yeah, yeah. it back. Yeah. And the thing is, time doesn't move backwards. Time moves fucking forwards. And we've had our time at the fucking top. Time to fucking just. It's not about giving up power. No. It's just about sinking into this beautiful world that we're in. We're part of. Yeah. Where people are from fucking everywhere. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. The food's fucking better. <laughs> yeah. You know, the world's more interesting and colourful. The, the fuck, I tell you what, my, you know, I mean, we hang out with tons of mixed race couples and the kids are way better looking than I am. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. because there's something beautiful about yeah. this cross, you know, this yeah. mishmash. And, and, that's also in, a, in cultural, the exchange of cultural ideas as well, not, not just DNA, but just we can learn from each other and actually get to a better place mm. where fucking we don't end up in war and we don't end up, because people have found you know, different cultures, different worlds, of, you know, different places have come up with ways of fighting against ugly shit. Sure, some of it doesn't work and blah, 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 but it's just a battle of ideas, you know? It's like, surely we can um, take wisdom from every fucking, you know, culture and religion every every culture and religion has got wisdom you know I still buzz out on you know all my all my um, you know uh, original sort of like stories of Ma- you know the, the start of New Zealand and what mm. the Maori mm. expect, you know perspective and, I, and read those stories to my son because I love the idea that the North Islands are fucking huge fish yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, pulled that, up with the grandmother's jaw. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, amazing. And then was like, and, and is hilly because yeah. because it, his brothers were really fucking jealous. You yeah, know, yeah. fuck you, man. It's like yeah. we're gonna smack the shit out of it. Yeah, it's like I love that story. Yeah, I do too. And it's like, and and it makes the world way more magical when I look at the you know the scenery in New Zealand. Like, and those beautifully illustrated books that tell them, yeah, yeah. But amazing. also, but also, like every culture's got those. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like. Um, I just, I just think that we're just missing out on so much to go, well, what, you know, if it wasn't for us, you know, they'd still be living, you know, fucking hanging around a fire and stuff. Mm. And, 
And? That's <laughs> like so. Well, that's it. I mean, it, it's just a lapse of logic at the first hurdle, yeah, totally. isn't it? That stuff. So it becomes frustrating that you even have to entertain it, you know? That's ridiculous. You even have to let it have the, the space of oxygen that it's had. Yeah, exactly. I think, if anything, I'm, all my lyrics that I did write recently, it's just all out of frustration mm. that we've... We have to go fucking backwards again. You know, it's like... Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Swim again. It was just basically swimming against the tide. You know, it's like in any time we swim against the tide, we're making our job, life so much harder, you know, for everybody. And, um, yeah, there's a reason why you swim with the fucking tide, you know, like, because that's the way the world's going, you know, it's like... I have um, no idea how to end this on any sort of upbeat note now. Oh, okay, well... <laughs> We I, don't have to, by the way. I'm just saying, like, well, I can't. no, no, I, 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 I think, I think well, beyond the fact that it's really positive to share these ideas and have this discussion, you know, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you know, that's well, what I mean. It doesn't have to end on a, on an upbeat note. I'm not. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know what? Like, uh, like I told you before, this, you know, blog started. I mean, I was, you know, two days after what happened in Christchurch. You know, I was sitting in a room at a modern Muslim uh, organisation called the Benevolence Society who had thrown their doors open for anyone and everyone in the community or the local community just to come and sort of basically talk. And I was in a room with priests and rabbis and Christians and atheists and policemen and old people and young people and Muslims and from all different parts of the world and everyone was crying and everyone was like what do we do to ensure this never happens again you know and it was and I didn't, I didn't say anything even though a couple of times I was thinking well, we could try it and I just went no fuck this I'm sick of fucking hearing I want to hear for my, even for my own peace of mind I want to just see what people are thinking you know because I, I know for me I'm really angry that that mm, happened mm. and I'm really sad and I've never felt such a extreme combination of the sadness and anger, uh, which came from multiple sort of... Mm. It's attacked me on from multiple directions, you know. From the idea of New Zealand growing up, and it was like, ugh. You know, like, that's not the world I lived in, or that's not the country I lived in, you know. But, and, you know, as a Muslim knowing what it's like to be in that Jummah prayer, which is the most important prayer of the of the week. It's, mm. it's, it's the time to come together as a community and be still and be, and all together go, it's not about us. You know, it's about something way bigger than us, you know, and that peace that comes from that. And then beyond that, just as a human, going, fucking, that is just... Uh, just not that's just horrific you know it's just fucking it's like that's not the world I want to live in at all you know or anyone should fucking live in you know it's like no no that's just fucking madness that's like madness has taken over our fucking world you know like and um, yeah and it was just I just I needed just as a human to go I'm not alone in thinking that eh and I wasn't at all. It was just a whole bunch of people going, 
that is not fucking happening you know that is that happened but no what do we do to make sure that never fucking happens again nowhere you know like and uh and it was it really hit home in australia because it was an australian that did it you know and it was like it made it made some pretty fuck some serious soul searching over here you know and a Muslim community that had been fucking saying for years, please stop yeah. talking like this because it's we got told it. you. Yeah. yeah, we warned we you. We warned you. We asked. And we, we asked and asked yeah. and asked and asked yeah. and asked, and you didn't listen. And here we go. Here we are sitting in that room. Mm. We shouldn't have been. You know, mm. we shouldn't have had to have been. You know, and those people shouldn't have had to lose their lives, and all those people around them shouldn't have had to feel that fucking pain of losing someone they loved, you know, and um, they didn't have to, you know, didn't have to do that. So I suppose the positive thing is all of a sudden there's a reset and we have to have fucking hard look at ourselves, yeah. the way we're governed and the way our media works and the way we talk to each other online, the way we talk to each other on and, and react, you know, and act to each other in real life. And, and what we really understand about other cultures and religions yeah, totally. because a lot of us really fucking don't. Well, and, and that's the reason why I decided to finally talk yeah. in the media about the yeah. fact that I actually have converted to Islam. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of that conversion. In fact, I really think as a person... That, you seem very proud of it. Well, I mean, as you understand it, well, we should I, be. I, well, I mean, it's, it's one of many ways that, pe- that human beings have discovered to get them close to that divine, the idea of the divine or, or, or appealing to the higher nature in yourself mm. or realizing it's not about you and it's not, you know, I, I like that. It, it, it really does catch you when you're being selfish. It's a way of going, all oh, right, hold on, shit. I'm being selfish here. I've got to stop that. You know, that doesn't suit me well. It doesn't actually make me feel very good afterwards if I... If I mm. do the dirty on someone or, or take something that's not mine, you know, it's like, but when I give to somebody who's got less than me, I actually find that as a human being, I feel a whole lot more peaceful and a lot, mm. whole lot more happier. Mm. You know, it's like, wow, cool, great. And it's actually a, it's like a fucking bonus, you know, it's like, all oh, right. And that's, again, that goes back to that conservative versus pro- progressive idea. It's like, there's actually something inherently um, quite um, in Islam I've found especially the way Dana's family practice it there's something very communal and very um, selfless about the way they behave you know and and that doesn't mean just to Muslims other Muslims it's like to anybody they come across because they're brought up to believe that everyone is a fucking comes from the same place and goes back to the same place, which is just this big fucking thing, you know? Mm. And um, I, um, I, just, I just thought, okay, well, I can't actually... The reason I kept it quiet is because I don't want to be a fucking warrior, internet warrior mm. for this cause. Mm. It's a personal decision for me. Mm. It makes me a healthier person. It makes me a less selfish person. It makes me a... I've written two of the best fucking records of my yeah, life. Yeah, happier. Well, I, mean, I can still be angry. Yeah, yeah, Five yeah. Five Eyes proves I can still be... Yeah. I can still... That's rip. a channeling of anger, though. Yeah, but I can rebel against injustice, yeah. you know, yeah. things that I've always fucking believed yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, But it's made me clearly see it in a different way, you know? Because I'm actually now not just theorising about it, 
fucking walk in it, you know, like, mm-hmm. or trying to at least aspire to walk. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Uh, and I've got someone, around, I've got people around me too who, who live it, you know, and mm-hmm. breathe it, you know. And whenever I'm falling back into my old ways of being a selfish lead singer, um, they can pull me back out of that, you know, mm. and it's healthy for me, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I'm far, far less judgmental of people who believe in God now. I'm far less, you know, judgmental of, um, um, of people who don't believe in God. I'm just far less judgmental. But I do draw the line at hatred and I do draw the line at people who are controlled by fear or, or, or lack of empathy because life's too fucking short to live on a planet when people are so fearful that fear ultimately ends into turns into hate and people do fucking shit like Christchurch or you know the Bataclan or you know anytime there's fucking mm. killing or murder and mm. you know? so yeah so mm. so I think the yeah I just thought fuck it if, if I can help by going hey I'm a Muslim yeah <laughs> and yeah. um you know, I don't go around blowing people up, and I'm actually, yeah. and I've actually found that it makes me a l- little bit more generous. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and I'm, so, you know, that record that you fucking moshed out to that that was actually, you know, Five Eyes. That was totally um, inspired by my conversion. Inspired yeah, by, yeah, by, yeah. by my, the way I believe. And I think maybe know? there's something interesting in 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 that story of conversion later in life for people mm. too, as well. You know, because mm, mm. because part of not understanding it is, well, I wasn't born to that. That's not my world. It would be That's right. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking for a, certainly at least for people who know you and in a mainstream New Zealand media mm. sense, it's like, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That guy who we do know from this and this mm. and this, and this has been his decision and it's been quite recent in his life. Yeah, yeah. And this has been his experiences. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. been happy and positive. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, busy and yeah, yeah. stimulating and creative. And, and extremely productive. And productive. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... So that's good. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So that's quite a cool, that is quite a, as you say, you're not trying to make it about yourself and your story, but that is quite a cool handle on it for people to have. <laughs> and at the age of 17, decided I'd, I'd be in a band called She Heart. I mm. want to clear up. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I know. Well, I was cracking up when the you. The story's you know. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, who would have written that? You yeah. know, like a, a, a guy who was a, I know. started off as a speed metal band called Shihad, which was taken from the Arabic Jihad, which is struggle, which yeah. is actually quite a beautiful word. Yes. Out of its out political of context. context. Of, yeah, how it's been. You know, yeah. it's actually, it's actually, it's, and I tell you what, it's a really good fucking word to describe this band's career because yeah. it has been a fucking struggle. Yeah. You know? Uh, so it's actually, it, there's so many weird quirks about the story <laughs> anyway. But anyway. <laughs>